I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Cold Popcha podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, or even contribute to the discussion in the episode itself, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash <laughs> you all thought it was over, everybody. You Who thought it was stupid over? Stupid fucks. No one actually thought it was over. It's still going. We're still here. Welcome back, everybody. This is Film Franchise Fortnite on the Cold Popcher Podcast. My name is AJ, and that over there is Richard, and we over here. are both still covering what we're doing, what we do every fortnight, which is cover a different film franchise, except sometimes it takes three weeks to do one. Three as is this time. bloody weeks, because you <laughs> little fucks. Just couldn't get enough. <laughs> You're bloody greedy, and now it's all over your faces. Mm-hmm. And welcome, so welcome back, everybody, to the franchise previously known as J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. Uh, it is no longer holding the J.K. Rowling's moniker. <laughs> um, just going by Wizarding World now. Um, this is, of course, our continuing descent into the Harry Potter universe, um, into the Fantastic Beasts spin-offs because every tentpole franchise needs its own prequel trilogy whether it's an original series prequeling an original work like um star wars or an adapted series prequeling an adapt and uh, uh, no yeah an, lord of the an rings. adapted series <laughs> prequeling an adapted work like lord of the rings or an original series prequeling an adapted work like harry potter mm. or is it <gasps> what you lied to me that's right because any proud Hufflepuffle millennial will tell you that one, you know, they're still like clinging to their childhood, desperate mm. to tell you that like the this person's actually related to Malfoy or some shit like that. Mm. Any of them will gladly tell you that the Fantastic Beast series, which currently consists of three films, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, and Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, mm. they're all incredibly loosely based. Sorry, they're not incredibly based. They're incredibly loosely based yeah. on the 2001 tie-in guidebook of the same name as the first film, which mm-hmm. basically served as an in-universe encyclopedia of all the magical creatures that inhabit J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it is also in-universe written by one Newt Scamander, who's mm. the main character of the films. I know the that first name. edition, mm, The first edition retail copy of this book is themed as being Harry Potter's copy specifically. It's also um, mentioned by name in Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone novel, um, and it is filled with notes written by the bloody boy who lived himself. Um, however, 
its 2017 reprints are i guess new copies <laughs> um, because in universe in, like new copies in universe as they do not feature harry's notes but do feature a forward by scamander and include six new creatures the original version is actually billed as the four muggles version and the forward is by albus dumbledore explaining that all mm. these creatures are fictional while the 27 reprint reprint is the four wizards version um, which paints an interesting situation where obviously newt thought he could make a little bit of extra money by selling fantastic beasts and where to find them to to muggles and just saying yeah i just made it up did you have the book original no i did well i I, me and my sister between us had both fantastic beasts and quidditch through the ages i think quidditch was mine from memory but Mm. i can't remember Right. But Quidditch Through the Ages was released around the same time and it was a very similar length, yeah. Both written for like some BBC charity event or something like that. Comic relief, I think. Before we start, um, it is important to once again say, fuck JK Rowling! And in this case, also, fuck Ezra Miller, apparently. Uh, and I'll say it, fuck Johnny Depp as well. Um, and also, fuck John Voight, yeah, who was yeah. in the first film. <laughs> in a role so incidental, we probably won't mention him again after this brief uh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, who else is there? Uh, there is a few other people, but they're surprises. So we'll uh, okay, okay. <laughs> so the first film we're going to be talking about is called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It came out in 2016, uh, what, uh, five years after Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Mm. Um, this is directed by David Yates. That old chestnut. The only man for the job. Um, between uh, you want a boring, flavourless film, you call <laughs> David Yates. Get Yates on the horn. Yeah. Uh, between Deathly Hallows Part Two and this, Yates only directed one other film uh, called The Legend of Tarzan, which stars Alexander Skarsgård, um, and it came out only months before Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And by uh, and all focused- accounts, was um, uh, boring and flavourless. <laughs> Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I found out from researching it, though, that it, it focused on a reformed and civilised Tarzan mm. who now goes by John Clayton, and he returns to his jungle home after hearing reports of slavery. Uh, it scored a whopping 35% on Ron Tomatoes, which at the time was an unprecedentedly low score for a David Yates film, mm. uh, perhaps indicating that the man flounders without an established story to adapt. <laughs> Just a possible possibility. Yeah, Scar's got- God's like famously fucking ripped and hot in that film mm. as well. Mm. He actually goes by John Clayton now, not Tarzan. I'm pretty sure I said Scar- Alexander Skarsgård. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so what do you think um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them has on Ron Tomatoes? I'm going to guess 78. 74, uh, respectable. Yeah. I'd say that's probably about what it is. <laughs> what is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them about? Richard, where are they? Where they're, are they? Well, that's the thing. They're all around us. <laughs> Whoa, so you have easy. this guy, Newt Scamander, played by everybody's favourite, Eddie Redmayne. And mm-hmm. yeah, he he's a, he's a bloody Brit and he and this is set in the 1920s by the way mm-hmm. he goes to new york city with a, a magical briefcase full of creatures <laughs> how whimsical fantastic beasts you might describe them and they go missing 
They go missing mm. and they bloody get out. They go wreak havoc on New York City and he's got to hunt them down along with his new friend who's a nomad, which is the mm. American slur for people without magical <laughs> abilities. And uh, yeah, he's a guy called Jacob Kowalski. And, mm, and you'll never get this if you've never seen this movie. And I'm not. I'm not kidding about this. The inciting incident is they both have the same brand of briefcase mm. and mix them up at the bank. And so Jacob Kowalski is the one that opens the briefcase and lets out some of the fantastic yeah. beasts. Uh, and then also there's a few other characters, and there's like it just hints at you know more sinister goings on. There's a guy called Percival Graves who turns out to be the evil wizard Gellert Grindelwald. And mm. played by uh, Percival Graves was played by Colin Farrell, but it's actually he was using Polyjuice Potion. Oh, how, what clever writing! And he turns out to be a very silly-looking Johnny Depp. <laughs> we will get more to Johnny Depp and nausea. And we also, yeah, we have Ezra Miller playing Credence, <laughs> who is revealed to be an obscurial. Which is mm-hmm. when a magic child suppresses their magic and then they mm. just fucking go nuts. I'm surprised they're not called like like smoke cunts or some other like smoke cunts. horrific like horrific slur. Yeah, because yeah, all the yeah. other ones are called something. It's either a muggle or a squib or a mud blood. Yeah, why yeah. why does they, why do these ones get like obscurial? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, because they all die when they're children, usually. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so no, maybe- no time to, to degrade them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so and John Voight's in it. John Voight's in it. Ezra Miller's character Credence uh, belongs to the New Salem Society or something or other, which is basically a bunch of Christians, like old school fundamentalist Christians, who are you know all about those restart. Trust you to bring those up. <laughs> yeah, I wonder where J.K. Rowling got the idea to make fundamentalist Christians the villains for her uh, new mm. story. Um, it's sort of like reigniting the Salem witch trials because um, they believe in witches and wizards, but no one else does. Um, the, there's also two ladies involved. Two ladies. Tina and her sister Queenie, whom just like fall in love with Newt and Jacob Kowalski. As um, we the audience do. And, the yeah, and the, yeah, exactly. Uh, it ends with after Percival Graves is is uh, revealed to be Grindelwald, and after um, the obscurus that is Ezra Miller uh, disappears, presumably to wreak havoc in Hawaii. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the uh, they release this giant thunderbird into the sky from his from Newt's commander's suitcase, which obscurials all the muggles slash nomadges, depending on where you're from. Um, mm-hmm. Meaning. That no one remembers. Obli- what did I say? Obscurial. Oh, imagine if it obscurial. <laughs> yeah, it turns them all into smoke fucks. God. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. It. It. it uh, what, what is it? Obliviates them all. Um. And then they decide that uh, Jacob Kowalski, their their no match friend, must also be obliviated, despite the Never fact that to be seen has- again. <laughs> Despite the fact that Queenie's fallen in love with him, what did you think of this film? We both we saw this together. I we believe. did, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, what did I think of this film when I first saw it, or now? <laughs> give me, uh, give me both. They're very different answers. <laughs> Only give me when you first saw it, actually, and never acknowledge what you think of it now. <laughs> All right. So when I first saw this, I was like, 
Oh, I'll go along to the news with my friend OJ. Also, it's interesting, uh, we should put this into context as well, because 2016 was a real bad year for movies, like for blockbusters. This was one of the best ones. The, and that's the thing. Like, you know, we had like Suicide Squad came out in 2016. I don't mm. remember what else. Um, mm. But it was like, it was, just a, it was just a weak year for blockbusters. A lot of them were disappointing. And so it was like, yeah, I mean, Fantastic Beasts is probably one of the best blockbusters of the year. And watching mm-hmm. it at the time, I was like, uh, I it's it's clearly because they said oh you know there's going to be five of these films and it was like yeah this annoying thing where you feel like you're watching the first part of a story rather yeah. than the Harry Potter movies which felt well, for the first ones anyway felt a lot more like you're still getting a satisfying one story and so I was like yeah it's not incredible necessarily but I I don't have any issues with it. Watching it this time, I was like, fuck, this is boring. Now knowing that it goes nowhere, that it's unsatisfying, I'm rather than watching, you know, one fifth of what could be a good movie, I know I'm watching a fifth of a bad movie. And Mm, so I'm now just like, fuck, this drags on. Fuck, I don't care. (laughs) And uh, that's that's how I feel about Fantastic Beasts and We Defy Them. Wow. Thank you for being And this is the best one. (laughs) <laughs> I remember liking this film a lot more when I saw it in cinemas as well. I mentioned in our Harry Potter podcast that I was disappointed in the Harry Potter movies because I'd just read the books and was directly comparing them to the movies. And I think I found Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them a bit more engaging because there wasn't a whole bunch of cut content I knew about from the novels. Mm. Um, rewatching it now, though, it's so bogged down with trying to become a franchise with essential lore to the Harry Potter canon that I just find it so frustrating. And, like, I will get... To, to say I'll get more into that is an understatement, but, like, these these would benefit so much from being standalone. That's a little teaser for where I am steering this baby. For where to find it. <laughs> yeah. Um, however... One thing I do really love about this movie and this franchise and something that I'll always sing its praises for is Eddie Redmayne as Newt Scamander. Oh, stinks. <laughs> Fuck off. I've I would controver- I've controversially decided that um, <laughs> that we both like uh, him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Richard, <laughs> I've decided. No, I think Newt Scamander might be my favorite Harry Potter character. Like at least Eddie Redmayne's portrayal of him. I can't yeah. speak to him in the fictional books. Um, in the fictional books, like the movies aren't fictional. Uh, I've always <laughs> this found- This is all fiction, mate. <laughs> this podcast is fiction. Yeah. Our friendship is fiction. <laughs> I've always found Eddie Redmayne as Newt Scamander such a refreshing leading man in what was the current blockbuster landscape at the time. Like, mm. uh, It makes his inevitable sidelining in the sequels probably one of my- least favorite things about them Uh, and i think like in a time of like everyone was trying to make like their own tony stark Mm. you know snarky characters or star lord like scamander gives us a shy and polite Mm. he's more like spider-man yeah okay sure which wasn't out in 2016 (laughs) so it's fine he's in civil war Um, already Ah, uh, that's true. Uh, I think Redman plays him with such grace and lightness. I think there's there's such a tenderness and and just he's such seems like such a nice guy. Um, and I I I think Redman like does a great job in that respect. And I I could watch this character in dozens of movies if wow. they were more focused on on 24 him. Twenty four movies minimum. That's <laughs> a lot of movies. And that's how many Fantastic Beast movies there's going to be. Um. 
In a lot of ways, I think he fits into the same category as Captain Jack Sparrow for me in that he's like a 10 out of 10 character in a franchise which has nothing else to offer mm. eventually in the case of Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, it, it would have been so easy to not even think about giving the protagonist such a specific characterization. I think he could have just been generic hero. John Wick. Kind of. Yeah, sure. <laughs> fucking John Wick, sure. I don't know, just like they a generic my hero. fucking that- Niffler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't know if I would have noticed if he wasn't this very specific like a lot of people have said he's like neurodivergent which is a really cool idea for a, a lead character and I, I love him I want to be his friend I think Redmayne is an ingenious casting decision and he fits into the, the universe so well he uh, auditioned for this apparently because he he did not get Kylo Ren which is crazy to think that we could have had Eddie Redmayne as Kylo Ren Newt Scamander as Kylo Ren yeah yeah apparently he was uh, the producer's uh, first and only choice for Newt Scamander <laughs> like there's just there's just so many things like like a couple of lines that I think he delivers so well is when Tina who's the aura who's soon to be love interest but at the time <laughs> trying to arrest him um when he like opens when he closes the case after finding it open she's like did that get opened and he, he's just like just a smidge and, and it's like, very tender and in any other movie they'd go case closed <laughs> yeah right. you're kind of right though like you're exaggerating but that that is true and and like there's this really sweet moment just before um jacob kowalski is obliviated where he's like we all know newt was only keeping me around because of the, the suitcase or whatever and he's like no that's not why he's like, oh why are we keeping me around there and he just goes because i like you and it's just a very genuinely sweet yeah and in another movie he'd be like <laughs> Case closed, because that would be established as his catchphrase. Yeah, exactly, exactly. A case closed sounds like it would be the title of like one of the DVD special features for this movie. I would, I guarantee it probably is. Yeah, case closed. The behind the scenes of yeah, the yeah, Destiny yeah, creating, yeah. The, revisiting the magical world, <laughs> revisiting the magic. Case closed. Um, <laughs> I I don't think I'm as hot on the other characters as this movie wants to be for all of Newt's nuance. Oh, you um, gotta his, love his Kowalski. Com- okay, let's talk about what well, I was. All, all I want to say before. Before Kowalski is is Tina. Tina's pretty boring, isn't she? Oh, Nothing everyone's to- boring in this film. <laughs> the film itself is boring. I think with with Kowalski, he's just sort of like the wacky sidekick, and I have seen versions of him before. Mm. Whereas I feel like I can't remember a lot of characters like Newt. Yeah, and they you're just like wacky. Hey, case closed, huh? Hey, case, like, case closed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Queenie is kind of interesting. She can read minds, and that's all. That's all mm. very fun. Very a wacky. lot of fun She's stuff happens. She's also very wacky as a sidekick. Very wacky until she becomes a Nazi at the end of the second. <laughs> yeah. Um, the wacky Colin Nazis. Farrell is. As Percival Graves is interesting until he becomes Grindelwald and then I'm immediately retroactively not interested in the character. Mm, another wacky Nazi. <laughs> I mean, Ezra Miller's credits as a character I really like in the first film, but I do not think he needed to return mm. for the sequels. Do you have any thoughts on the characters beyond they're boring and you don't like these movies? Uh, no, that pretty much sums it up. Uh, <laughs> in the words of Newt Scamander, case closed. <laughs> Well, let's talk about Johnny Depp slash Grindelwald, the reveal. So the whole thing is like, all of a sudden, 
Percival Graves starts going haywire and everyone's like, that's not an aura behaviour. And then like <laughs> and like does the slow pan where he like slowly turns into um, Grindelwald and Johnny Depp. And it's one of those things I hate where it's like a twist if you know outside the film who Johnny Depp is. Yeah, yeah. You know, they need, like, they I, need <laughs> to establish because you see the back of Grindelwald's head. At, mm. Like briefly, and you see that he has wacky white slash blonde hair, and <laughs> yeah. then yeah, when you see Johnny Depp at the end of the film, he's got wacky white hair, he's got wacky mm. heterochromia, he's got yeah. a wacky moustache, and it's like pick one, Johnny, pick, pick one, one thing. That was our main <laughs> feedback. I remember coming out like on the drive home. <laughs> he's got, he's got. They've done all the characteristics they possibly could to make yeah. him look. It's so Johnny Depp because like remember, like we're talking about the Pirates of the Caribbean films and it's like Johnny was like oh Jack Sparrow should have his nose like should be blackened like it should yeah, be rotting because yeah. it's been and he's, poorly, afraid, of and he's paid, afraid of pepper this is what happens when you don't have <laughs> Jerry Bruckheimer telling him no <laughs> You have J.K. Rowling, the world's worst yes man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I remember hearing Johnny Depp was cast in the second one before this one even came out. Do you remember that? It was like days before this released and it was like Johnny Depp cast we'll play, as yeah. Grindelwald. And, um, and I remember thinking quite foolishly at the time, why would Grindelwald be in the sequel? Like these you aren't about him. Fucking fool. <laughs> He's the titular character of the second one. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, this is, and this is probably a, you've probably heard this before, but it's it's fun to bring up that um, this is the second film to feature Colin Farrell and Johnny Depp portraying two versions of the mm. same character after the Imaginarium of Doctor Panassus in two thousand nine, where the two respective actors, along with Jude Law, stepped in for Heath Ledger after. <laughs> where, where have I seen Jude Law recently? Well, Richard Jude Law was also set to play young Dol- Dumbledore in the second young in the young Dobel. Don Dobledore. Uh yeah. So it's I remember just being like, why is Grindelwald in this? And that question would be one I would not stop asking as yeah, more movies it's, came out. It's what you should be asking <laughs> is why is Newt Scamander in these? And why <laughs> is should be called- why is it Fantastic Beasts in them? <laughs> where Grindelwald and where to find them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wacky Nazis and where to find them. <laughs> This film was announced in 2013, um, so three years before it came out and three, two years after Deathly Hallows. Um, it was announced as an adaptation of the textbook, though it is worth noting that the textbook, as we've discussed, doesn't have a it's narrative. A textbook. So the, <laughs> it's a textbook. So the plot is 99% original, but allegedly how it started is that in 2011, um, Lionel Wigram, who's one of the producers, had the idea of doing a one-off fake documentary special featuring Newt in the style of like a David Attenborough yeah, or, yeah, or Steve Irwin or Jane Goodall kind of thing, mm. um, which sounds like an SNL sketch. Um, yeah. if, well, if SNL relied on people knowing deep Harry Potter lore. Yeah, get, get Jake Novak on the horn. <laughs> You'd do great. Um, when Rigram proposed this to fellow producers David Heyman, who did all the Harry Potters, and J.K. Rowling, it inspired Rowling to write a feature screenplay course it did mm. furthermore she already had in mind several news stories from the magic world i would say she was still working on the same, the one, same one yeah by the sound just, just <laughs> a one story 
I mean, she had considered doing an anthology of animated shorts based on the tale of the Beetle and the Bard, which got me thinking, wouldn't that be an awesome idea to see that same animation style done for the, the mm. tale of the three brothers for all the other Beetle and the Bard? Yeah, which Hermione read um, you from memory. Yeah. Oh, correction from last week, gang. <laughs> Do you want to tell them, Richard? Do you want to own up to that? Uh, I misremembered something from the- <laughs> It's not a big deal. Let's, let's move on. It's not, it's not a big deal. <laughs> Um, Heyman said around September 2016, um, so Lionel had this idea, Joe got wind of it, she said, well, funnily enough, I've been thinking about something already, and she had this whole idea in some form. I mean, it's changed and developed over the course of the year and a half and two years that's been going on, but she knows how each part connects with her universe. I'm sure she does. Mm. Uh, J.K. Rowling was brought on to write the film in her first ever screenwriter uh, gig. And... uh it shows. A skill she is uniquely terrible at, <laughs> yeah. I think. No, um, I, I, she's not uniquely. I think there's lots of people that are terrible at screenwriting. I, I, I mean that in the sense that, like... It's the, the only thing she's bad at? <laughs> no, no, no. Her <laughs> problems as a screenwriter are not problems for an author. Right. Things like characters speaking in diatribes are fine mm. in books, yeah. but when it's in a movie, it's like, let's move on. Mm. That's why they call them movies. Yeah, because mo- you're moving on constantly. <laughs> And that's why I call books stays. <laughs> yeah. Um, once again, Alfonso Cuaron was uh, rumoured to direct this movie before the role presumably defaulted to David mm. Yates, uh, the living director embodiment of the concept of default. <laughs> so I don't know why they constantly, why they don't want, and like, it's one thing to be like David Yates is cheaper, but it's like, which I'm assuming, but like yeah. Alfonso Cuaron wants to return to your dumb little wizard story. <laughs> like, give him the reins, man. Yeah. Imagine Alfonso Cuaron's fantastic beast and where to find them. I mean, we, you know, this is this is stomped into the ground talking points, but imagine Del Toro's fantastic beasts and where to find mm. them. You know, like imagine Mike Newell's. <laughs> even that, <laughs> the mind boggles at all the possibilities of where this franchise would go if they just hand over the fucking reins to a different director. Yeah, so frustrating. Oy vey. The Obliviate stuff at the end doesn't make sense. <laughs> Time to point out some plot holes. The best oh, thing to do on a podcast. Yeah. So all the muggles in New York see all this crazy magic stuff happen, right? Yeah. And then this this eagle flies into the sky and it shits down, obliviating mm. stuff, um, and they all have those memories, their memories wiped, even those under shelter somehow. You see like a muggle taking a shower and you see him like sort of forget things. They go into the water supply. Well, yeah, which is fine, but what, like, Jacob retains his memories until he stands out of shelter. Like, he just knows what's going on until he stands out of the rain. Well, it's because he's a main character. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and is also, is this only affecting New York? Because news of Wizarding Turmoil has been going on publicly for at least half a day by the time mm. everyone's Well, it's 1926. News travels slowly. Do you reckon that's a good enough excuse? Mm. Like, actual? Yeah, well, well, back then, uh, the news was actually called the olds because it took so long. <laughs> you know that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have offered just 100% jokes this episode. <laughs> Everything you've said has like, great jokes. <laughs> <laughs> great jokes calling the news olds. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in a silly, goofy mood. That's okay. Um. Then in the sequel, right, we're told that Kowalski was um, 
able to re-remember because yeah. the obliviation only wiped out bad memories. Yeah. Does this apply to everyone in New York? Did they, did someone, are there people in New York who had like the best day of their lives while all yeah. this was happening and they still remember it all? But it would have to be somehow, the be- it being the best day of their life would be ha- like intrinsically linked to the bad stuff happening. Right, right. Because I guess if you had like, you know, you got married, but also mm. the Chrysler building was destroyed. <laughs> you, like, you would probably still remember your wedding. Okay. If you okay. were, okay. you know, if you were able to get your venue for your wedding because the Chrysler building was destroyed, mm. you might have to forget both. We don't, we're not, right. I don't know. Right. Um, the weirdest part about all of this, I think, is that they obliviate Kowalski despite knowing he'll be in the sequel. Sorry, the writers do, not the characters. Mm. So they, they know <laughs> that they're going to bring this character back in the sequels, and yet they wipe his memory. And you can tell in, like, Men in Black 2 that they really regretted memory wiping Tommy Lee Jones, and they have to bend the plot mm. backwards and jump through all these hoops to get him back They flush him down a big board. toilet. Yeah, they and do. this was like this is because a sequel wasn't planned for Men in Black right away, right? Yeah. Like, and I feel like retconning something like a memory wipe is always such a clear indication of a sequel not being planned in advance. Mm. You know, the two. Examples. But this one was <laughs> planned in advance. Like, like this literally like like casting news for the sequel came out before this one was yeah. released in cinemas, and they still wiped his memory and gave it like a real like piss poor explanation of the second one. Mm. Yeah, I do wonder if maybe there was something else planned, though. Ah, that could be true. Yeah, like, and because, you know, coming out of this movie, everyone was going fucking mad for Kowalski, even more than they did <laughs> when Penguins of Madagascar came out, <laughs> which also features a character called Kowalski. But the, it was like, you know, it, it was similar to uh, the Jurassic Park I was I was talking about this with someone today mm. that the Jurassic, the Jurassic Park, Park. <laughs> the, the Jurassic Park uh, book was kills Ian Malcolm, but then they said mm. you have to write a sequel, but you have to bring back Ian Malcolm so that we can make we can adapt it for the second movie because we want to bring back Ian Malcolm. Mm. This yeah, this sort of like Jeff Goldblum's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just finagling, mm. you know, Jesus. Yeah. You okay? Yeah, something just fell down in, in another room in my house. I think Jess is getting into the shower. That'll be it. I think she might have knocked over some shampoo. And what's <laughs> funny is she'll probably be listening to this in the shower. Wow. So if you are listening, don't drop the shampoo. So the... <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I was just going to say that, that maybe that's not the last time we'll hear Jurassic Park mentioned on this podcast but then the okay. shampoo distracted me, so <laughs> it needed to be. I needed to come back round to it. Okay. So what's? I've, <laughs> I've got some dumb IMDb trivia for you. I so this you is of course do. IMDb trivia for these movies is so fucking long and mm. boring, and it's all the same stuff over and over again. But here's kind of like um, the movies. <laughs> Here are some poorly written IMDb user submitted trivia. I can't believe that's not what you were going for. No. Um, 
When Mary Lou asks Newt, are you a seeker? He answers by saying, more of a chaser. It's worth saying in the film, this is not referring to Quidditch. This is referring to religion. He says, more of a chaser. This has a double meaning, Richard. Did you know this? Because since seekers and chasers, get this, are both positions in the game of Quidditch. And it also Mm -hmm. alludes to the fact that he is continuously chasing creatures. Oh, okay. I got one (laughs) meaning, but I was was waiting for the second. (laughs) <laughs> this is so like <laughs> like i i don't think of him necessarily as like chasing creatures mm. you know and it's like it's it's that thing where um recently i found out that there's a simpsons joke that's quite controversial where ralph wiggum states oh boy <laughs> sleep that's where i'm a viking mm. and there are two schools of thought one thinking he's saying when i dream i'm a viking because oh, yeah, he anything dreams about being a viking yeah and then there's this small school of people who i think very stupidly so stupid <laughs> that, that he's saying he sleeps so good that he's he's like the viking of sleeping yeah Vi- Sleep, like Vikings I aren't excel. an expression for doing exactly. well at something. Exactly, and just just in the same way, I don't think of him as I wouldn't necessarily use the word chasing mm. to describe what you does. Because well, also, because yeah, it already has a double meaning in the film, mm. but you, yeah. like the meaning, the the literal meaning in the text, and then there's the Quidditch meaning. So this person's mm. actually saying it has a third meaning. That's true. I should change that piece to triple meaning. You should, yeah. Um, <laughs> this has a triple meaning. Uh, the bartender house elf at Narlax Speakeasy scoffs at Jacob's claim that his uncle was a house elf. Jacob doesn't realise that house elves are a different species and thus can't be related to humans. Harry Potter enthusiasts will also scoff at Jacob's blunder. In America, when people feel awkward about situations like this, people will often say, my uncle's a dot dot dot. Mm. which is what Jacob does as an American. <laughs> His mistake is also understandable because he's a nomad, in brackets, muggle. It's very clear what Jacob's doing in that scene. <laughs> he knows there's no way it's he could so be related. It's so poorly written. Yeah. It's so poorly written. That, that feels like one that someone's come and edited. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. <laughs> and also that should really be under goofs. All of these... Pieces of trivia, yeah, goof by, made by the character is a yeah, category yeah. of goof. All, like, dumb IMDb trivia always reads like it's just someone trying to build trivia out of nothing, and yeah, it's yeah. just like some, they just want to add, they want to, to contribute to the canon in some small way. Mm. <laughs> Do you have any other things you'd like to talk about with the any first Any other film? dumb IMDb trivias I can come up with? Hmm. No. Hmm. We could add one hmm. right now. This uh, movie was actually supposed to be good. This, uh, this, uh, uh, there's in this film, Ezra Miller plays a smoke monster and mm. also committed several assaults in Hawaii. Yeah, one of the most famous smoke monsters in in, <laughs> in history. <laughs> Was from the show Lost, which was actually filmed in Hawaii. <laughs> that is legitimately worthy of being an IMDb trivia entry. <laughs> like, why, how is that any worse than some of the stuff yeah. we read all the time? Yeah, I'm pretty right. to be honest. <laughs> we should add it. Yeah, lean away from the mic proud, which is why <laughs> I just accepted someone's invite on a request to connect on LinkedIn. And they nice. said, thank you for connecting, dear. Okay. They're a contributor at NBC News. I don't think I'll be replying to that. 
Fantastic Beasts, <laughs> The Crimes of Grindelwald hmm. came out in 2018. Guess who this was directed by? Oh, probably some boring fucking flavorless piece of shit. <laughs> it was directed by David Yates. You couldn't be more wrong, Richard. Oh, no. It's the <laughs> flavorful and exciting David Yates. <laughs> What do you think this has on Ron Tomatoes? Oh, probably some fucking boring low score. <laughs> yeah, 36. Uh, pretty low. Pretty low for uh, David mm. Yates, but though still one point higher than The Legend of Tarzan. Wow. Um, and what is this film about? Oh, fucking don't ask me. <laughs> Jesus. No, I've asked you. I've asked you. Oh, this is, I fucking, what a shit fucking movie. <laughs> like, this is, uh, I, you, you'd moved when this came out, right? Yeah. Yes. You'd uh, moved this came out to crush yeah, so, yeah, so we didn't see this together. But I remember walking out of this and being like, what the fuck? And then and messaging you. And you put it, you said that one of your friends walking out of it was like, what was that about? And you were like, um, I have no fucking clue. And that's, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, it's just such a fucking mess of a movie that they had to mm. get Steve Cloves who wrote all, almost all of the Harry Potter yeah. movies back for the next one because they even the producers realised this lady can't write <laughs> and it, it's like so Grindelwald gets he gets put in prison at the end of the um, the first film not mm. Azkaban <laughs> but the, <laughs> not Azkaban uh, prison he, it's actually not Azkaban yeah, yeah. yeah because it's America but he um yeah, and he sort of he builds his army. Uh, his hmm. those are his crimes, the titular crimes. And it's such a boring. T- we'll talk about titles. I don't want to jump the gun. Yeah, I, I imagine Continue. you have quite a Continue. lot to say. But yeah, and then so it turns out that um, Queenie has you know just been fucking Kowalski without his consent um for- <laughs> she's 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 enchanted him yeah. to be for. I don't know why she needs to, but. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's what the characters say in the film as well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this one's primarily set in Paris. You've got um, uh, inclusions of new characters, such as as young Dumbledore, played by Jude Law. I should say younger Dumbledore than what we've seen previously. You've got um, Lita Lestrange, played by Zoe Kravitz. Um, you've got... Uh, you've got Newt Scamander's older brother, um, Theseus Scamander, played by Callum Turner. Um, you've got Claudia Kim as Nagini. Surprise! What? <laughs> she was a person once. Oh, wow. Um, um, I'm assuming because they are permanently transformed into an animal that it was a person of colour because uh, <laughs> that's what they do in Hollywood. <laughs> uh, we also get an appearance of, of um, from previously unseen heavyweight for the franchise, uh, Nicholas Flamel, played by Brontus Jodorowsky, who is the son of director and guy most oh. famous for not directing Dune, Alejandro Jodorowsky. Nicholas Flamel shows up in what is an incredibly forgettable role, minor yeah. role in the film. But uh, you do get to spy the Philosopher's Stone, the thing yeah, from very, the first one. Very cool! Cool! <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, how I feel I'm not whenever I see a thing from know, the I, I was so close to doing my my thing of like putting the microphone in my mouth and talking. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to spare AJ's like little editing ears. And then you fucking yelled. <laughs> I didn't put it in my mouth though. Yeah, but well- <laughs> It's not funny then. 
okay. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you for telling me I'm not funny on my podcast that I do with you. Well, okay. I've just been doing just jokes. So it's closed. Sorry, bud. Jokes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Grindelwald essentially escapes from prison and makes an army and everyone's like, no, don't join Grindelwald, you're so sexy. Uh, <laughs> and, um, uh, Queenie joins him. And but Lila she's Strange, so sexy. Uh-huh. Lila Strange, who um, turns out in a very inconsequential plot point, like accidentally killed her brother when he was a baby and switched it for Ezra Miller's character, um, <laughs> who's back. And then at the end of the film, we find out that Credence, Ezra, Miller, Ezra Miller's character, is actually a Dumbledore. Uh-huh. And what do we say? We say, wow, cool. <laughs> we go, wow, cool, he's a Dumbledore. I remember people yes. being so pissed off about this. I'm not pissed off for the same reason other people are pissed no, off. No, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not I mean, pissed I off mean, because like it adds actual, to the lore. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I mean people that were like, no, that's, Dumbledore doesn't have a, a secret brother named yeah. Alfurius or whatever his name is. Yeah, it's just, but it's Aurelius. also just like, it's that thing where franchises, when they're flailing for good ideas, and Harry Potter is terrible for this, mm. where they open up the big pack of franchise cliches, yeah. of plot twist cliches, and, and picks one at random, and it happened to be one character is related to another character, which is the most meaningless one. I always feel yeah. like that, that just doesn't mean anything. If yeah. you grew up and... If, if I met, like, if I had an estranged brother and he was like a psychopath, I'd be like, okay, I'm not getting to know him. Mm. I don't feel a blood connection to yeah, this person. Yeah, your movies put so much more importance on family. I mean, especially Fast and Furious, but like, the, <laughs> it, like, it's, yeah, because this was the whole thing with the fucking Star Wars. Is that mm. like. The Star Wars and the Jurassic Park. <laughs> the Star Wars, similar to the Jurassic Park. But like, because that was, I mean, one of the things I really liked about The Last Jedi is that they're like, it doesn't fucking matter who you're related to. And That's then, the coolest. And I've adopted that. That should be for every movie. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you're related to. Yeah. I mean, that's that's three 2017 movies had that twist. Yeah. And then I've, I've fucking. I've, talked about this but it's it's something i noticed by myself and i'm very proud of it that coco blade runner 2049 and the last jedi all have the same twist but which actually came out the year between these two interestingly could have learned something from this (laughs) but the i'd love that as well like there is a similar not like opposite of that twist in the first film where you find out that um <laughs> that credence is the obscurious but for a, for a little while it's hinting that it's the little girl that also mm. goes to the salem community yeah because they, they like, talk about obscurials can't live past a certain age yeah, so yeah. it's like yeah, it has to be and then the it, younger one and then it's like, surprise, what a twist. It turns out the Obscurial wasn't the character that you would have never suspected. Mm. It was this much more fucking obvious one, yeah. <laughs> which is yeah. the opposite of a twist. It's like Saving Private Ryan <laughs> syndrome as well, where it's like, mm. <laughs> or, or like any of those like uh, detective shows or anything like that, where they have like a special guest star. And it's like, hmm, who could it be? And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's the most famous person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you think of this film? I have no idea if we've accurately conveyed the plot. It doesn't frankly, fucking matter what the plot that's, is. That's what the movie feels like. Yeah, what did you the, think the, of this? I, this is shit. This is a fucking bad film. This is mm. I, um, I, nonsense. I got, I got. Yeah, it's actually just nonsense. It's it just doesn't make sense. It's just boring. It's hard to follow. And mm. yeah, I mean, thirty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like it's got. 
Yeah, it's, it's certainly got its detractors, but I got asked to go see Secrets of Dumbledore. There was a, a group of people from work that that I I don't talk to, you know, and, but they were like, oh, Richard, like you like movies. Do you want to come see Secrets of Dumbledore with us? And I was like, honestly, no. <laughs> like, and I was like, I was like, Crimes of Grindelwald was one of the work, worst blockbusters I've seen in recent years. And they went, oh, no, come on. And it was like, no, it's, I, it's I worse so, than even like dumb blockbusters because it's trying to be smart. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I was thinking this actually watching Secrets, but I'm going to say it now. Is that like, and I mean this in the worst way possible. These remind me so much of Star Wars. <laughs> like they're just this, <laughs> this like fucking boring and just like, and especially like it's just what what Star Wars has become, and this whole thing of like fleshing out the stupidest fucking shit that I don't care about, and just mm. making it incomprehensible, and like t- taking, uh, you know, we never said explicitly this thing, so we mm. can we can do the opposite of that, and it's yeah. like, and it's it's just you've you've created such a rich world, you explore the world. Don't yeah. just explore. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, yeah. Stupid. <laughs> My favorite criticism that I read for this film when I was researching it today was needlessly complicated, low stakes plot. And I was like, mm. what a funny way to put it. Yeah. Like, what are the stakes in this movie? No one's really in danger. Yeah, or they like- might join Wizard <laughs> Hitler. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. When I first saw this film, I thought it was so bad. I mm. thought, as you say, it was one of, probably one of the worst modern blockbusters I'd ever seen. It is convoluted. It is hard to follow. Um, it's desperate to set up more sequels, even more so than the first film. Um, and it would have scenes where everyone is just sitting around waiting for someone else to explain their backstory so that they can have a turn. <laughs> Once you're done, I'll explain my backstory. Uh, upon rewatch... It's not as bad as I remember. I think oh, I, I made it oh, way worse in my memory. Fucking J.K. And Rowling apologist. <laughs> no, I'm a I'm a Newt Scamander apologist because I forgot how much I enjoy his character, and he's still in this. Um, and I did follow the story a little bit better, but I've, it's still I terrible. It so much worse. I barely paid and attention I, to it, and I refuse to to um, describe it any to, to praise it any more than that. Um, it's it's a really interesting case study of how someone who has only ever written a novel can fumble writing a film yeah, yeah, as absolutely. I, said before, like. I also remember thinking watching it for the first time when it was like oh you got like because this is before the kind of depaissance that he's going through at the moment after his um you know his, his stand-up comedy he did in that room where he was sitting in that box um and mm. he like after now- he beat up his wife and then made everyone like him again. yeah yeah yeah, yeah that, that, that's the one yeah and but like because before that before he was like absolutely owning feminists he Mm. was just kind of a shitty actor who was over the hill and didn't really care anymore and i mean like like you know he like obviously has like problems that he needs help for but Mm. you know all these stories of like the fifth parts of the caribbean movie how he was you know just reading lines off set and stuff like that or getting the having an earpiece and it's like yeah having him join this massive franchise and it was like, oh, he's just going to be shit. And then the movie was like, he's not the worst thing in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, in some ways, he is the worst thing in it, in a, in a different way to how you're describing. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Is he worse than J.K. Rowling? Well, he's not the only not main character who fucking beats people either. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, I'm, and I'm, uh, like, from a 
least important plot reason i think my main issue with johnny depp in this movie is that it's so much more interesting to focus on fantastic beasts jk Mm. it's so much better than telling me the dumbledore grindelwald story that you you already told us in like its entirety you already told us this in deathly hallows like just make a grindelwald movie as well as a Mm. fantastic beast this could have been the series like I, I would yeah. I would have happily accepted a yeah. Dumbledore v Grindelwald series. That would be what it would be called. And the Supreme Court would um overturn it. But the <laughs> <laughs> the We're coming after everyone. This is hot podcasting. Yeah. That uh, yeah, like, like I could see this as, as a series. And I mean it fucking feels like a TV series watching it. Mm. Um because it's that's 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 the David Yates flavour baby. But the mm. it's yeah, I would much rather have like a you know like almost like an Indiana Jones style Fantastic Beasts, mm. and <laughs> I, I maybe I'll elaborate on that now. Actually, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, yeah, Depp's casting did receive criticism in 2017 when he was cast mm. um, due to the domestic violence allegations against him. Yeah. Um, in 2017, J.K. Rowling posted on her website, and this, I forgot about this, yeah, this floored this, yeah. me. So someone who's like, at this point, none of the turf stuff is really out. Mm. The most things she's being criticised for is like, uh, you know, you keep adding Keep try, trying to stay relevant, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's sort of a victimless crime at the time. Um, but she posted on her website in regards to, to Johnny Depp being cast. She said she would, that she would, they would not recast the role because Depp and his ex-wife, Amber Heard, had previously expressed hope that the mutual agreement they reached would be, uh, would enable both to move on from the controversy and, quote, the filmmakers and I are not only comfortable sticking with our original casting, but genuinely happy to have Johnny playing a major character in the movies. Um, about Rowling's response, Depp in October 2018 said, I'll be honest with you, I felt bad for JK having to field all these various feelings from people out there. I feel bad that she had to take that. The that This is so interesting to read mm, now, now yeah. like in 2022. I think... Um, it, it, boy, does it feel weird to watch a movie written by J.K. Rowling starring Ezra Miller and Johnny Depp. Mm. Three celebrities, all cancelled for different reasons. Who so I was thinking, they probably all think each other are the weird ones. <laughs> like, if you, yeah. if you think about it, like, I would assume J.K. Rowling, with her, like, warped view of feminism, probably doesn't like Johnny Depp anymore. You know, and I would probably I would doesn't think like she, Ezra Miller, who identifies as transgender non-binary. Well, and exactly, yeah. and and is and Ezra Miller wouldn't like J.K. Rowling because she's a turf, mm. and Johnny Depp probably looks at them both and be's like, oh, you guys are crazy. Like they're not the same <laughs> flavor of cancelled, and yeah. it's very impressive to have them all fit into one movie and sort of a Neapolitan of horrible oh. celebrity. Which <laughs> which ones which. Mm, I'm, I'm not going to say e- any of them are chocolate. I feel like that would have terrible implications. Okay. Well, who's um, who's like I'm- the vanilla cancelled? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, none of them are vanilla cancelled, right, though, are they? Got, you see, like- so you haven't got a Neapolitan cancelled. <laughs> okay. You've just got a big fucking bowl of strawberry cancelled. <laughs> well, maybe we've got an awesome foursome. Remember that? I do, yeah. Maybe we've got like a awesome dessert delicious, like different layers of cancelled. <laughs> there is a fourth person cancelled from this movie. If you paid close attention, you would have noticed there is a character in the first two that is not in the third 
that aren't any of the ones we've discussed already. Uh, you, if, if maybe if I had been paying close attention, I would have noticed that. <laughs> um, the is this film afraid to confirm Dumbledore's gay for Grindelwald? Discuss. Uh, okay, so this is something I took. This is something I took issue with when the movie came out. So many people like. And I think I talked about this last week, but it, so many people were like, oh, you know, this film's just, it's cowardly, you know? And I think there probably is an element of that, but I also mm-hmm. think that if you're looking at this as a TV series, I would, you know, episode two would hint at there's a reason I can't move against Grindelwald, but I'm too ashamed mm. to say what that is. And then, you know, Secrets of Dumbledore, like the secret is that he's gay. <laughs> but he... um <laughs> And it's and it's it's made very clear in the third one, and I think it's it's yeah it's, it's building up a mystique. I think you know th- th- like there is a lot of things around uh, representation and everything that that are, that are important in films, mm-hmm. but I think this is like yeah maybe it needed something at the end of the film because it is a film rather than an episodic thing Mm. where next week we'll have the answer but yeah they just they were afraid to say gay or love or anything like that but i think i think it's believable he says they were closer than brothers yeah but i i I would believe that if i was in love with a, a Nazi and someone said, mm. "Why don't you kill that Nazi?" I wouldn't say because I'm because I love the Nazi. I would just <laughs> I would say, "Oh, it's complicated." <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, the climax of this film. This is the last. This has retroactively been problematic. Corner. Sorry, the theme song wasn't included. But the climax of this film. Uh, Grindelwald says that Muggles are bad because he. Grindelwald can see into the future, mm. and he says Muggles are bad because they're going to start another world war, which is true. This film is set in 1927. This is what actually happens. So is Grindelwald right? I. I don't think Wizard Hitler should be more rational than Muggle Hitler. Mm. I think that's a very strange. Be like, yeah, he's got a point. <laughs> it just puts you in a strange position considering mm. the like <laughs> the ramifications yeah. here. I think it's just inappropriate to acknowledge World War Two in your fun wizard movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that I call it a fun wizard movie. It's a wizard <laughs> <Okay>. movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, speaking of more lack of fun, um, I would love to talk about some of the other characters that are introduced in this film, including Theseus uh, Scamander, who is uh, Newt's older brother, played by Callum Turner, and what a fucking waste of a character mm. this is. First of all, who the fuck is Alan T- Cal- Callum Turner? Yeah. Can't someone- Someone, someone like- whose name you couldn't even remember when you were reading yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he's a completely bland guy who just kind of resembles Eddie Redmayne. Um, and I think that this is why he was cast, or why the character even appears, um, mm. is that they found Callum Turner and was like, you look kind of like Eddie Redmayne. We should get him to play Newt Scamander's brother. <laughs> um, although, according to IMDb Trivia, during his first audition for Theseus, Callum Turner instinctively kissed Eddie Redmayne on the top of his head, and he believes that's what got him the role. Where is that in the movie? What an interesting <laughs> scene that could be. Um, I think that that if you are doing the sequel trope of introducing the second version of the main character, as so many sequels do, like, you know Newt Scamander will now meet his brother. <laughs> There's two of them? His brother should be the polar opposite mm. of Newt Scamander. He should have these distinct catchphrases. attributes. Catchphrases. He says case open, Richard. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't. I just. I'm so confused why this character is in it, and he so does nothing to contribute to the plot. Forgot he was in it. Forgot he was in it. Christian Bale, Benedict Cumberbatch, Mark Strong, and Jared Harris were all allegedly considered for young Dumbledore. Oh. Uh, Jared Harris, of course, being Richard Harris's son. Uh, who? Oh, played- yeah. Like even I didn't even know that, but Jared Harris would have been great. Yeah. So Richard Harris played Dumbledore in the first two Harry Potter movies, um, which is interesting because Jude Law, who was of course eventually cast, um, like watched Michael Gambon's performance to like learn how to replicate it. And part of me is like, do you watch Michael Gambon to like? If we're to believe these are the same character, mm. you become Richard Harris before you become. Yeah, yeah. Michael it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just between. Two yeah, years two and three of Harry's tenure mm. at Hogwarts, you, mm. you fucking. Do you, yeah. <laughs> what do you think of Christian Bale, Benedict Cumberbatch, or Mark Strong? Mark Strong makes a lot of sense, I think. Uh, I don't. I think they're all bad. I think Richard Harris is great. <laughs> Sorry, Jared Harris. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, Richard Martin. <laughs> One news. <laughs> um, what do you think of of uh, Jude Law as Dumbledore? Was it a a, a slam dunk casting? Uh, no, I mean it's it's I wouldn't call it a slam dunk. It was a big deal when he got cast. A slam poetry, like, oh. maybe it was okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's like a yeah, it's it's competent casting. I. I mm. Yeah, I, I remember like not being super excited by the casting when it was announced that it was like hmm. you're just like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I don't see them as the same character not at, all. at all. I don't think he emulates Michael Gambon or Richard Harris. Oh, I way, I just I've just been reminded of something. One of my one of my hmm. favorite comments I've ever seen. Uh, mm. so when the trailer for this movie came out, there's a scene it's the like the same sort of bog art clock class that we see from in prisoner of azkaban but we see like a mm. flashback to like young newt and the the kid who plays young newt is so good at emulating this mm. this character but it's it's a different actor and um someone on on reddit when the trailer was posted people were talking about like holy shit that guy playing young newt is incredible and someone was like yeah i, I actually i thought that was Eddie Redmayne until i came here to the comments and someone just replied to that and said do you have face blindness <laughs> and I just, it was just so funny, like just reading it in the most deadpan, like or like genuinely questioning, like out of concern and less out of mockery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this movie features the first time in the Beasts franchise that actors from the Harry Potter movies have reprised their roles. Do you know who? Because you'll miss it. You'll blink and miss it. <laughs> Uh oh! One of them's like uh, the the painting of it's Aberforth or that's in the, the third one. The, but fuck cool, yeah, of of Ariana, yeah, Ariana yeah. Dumbledore, Ariana Grande yeah. Dumbledore. No, what was the so, what was the um, question? <laughs> so there are two actors in Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald who we'd previously seen play yeah. the same characters in Harry Potter. Yeah. Pass. So it is um, Stranger Things Season 4's own Jamie Campbell Bower, um, who returns as young Grindelwald. Uh-huh. Um, he, of, of course, plays... Uh, do you mind if I give a small spoiler for Stranger Things Season 4? No. He plays Vecna in Stranger oh, Things Season AKA 4. Oh, a.k.a. one. A.k.a. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yep. Henry? Yeah, Henry. Yeah, um, fine. And, and Toby Rigbo. I watched the, the first of the two episodes that came out yesterday because I went to a watch have you, party. Have you, are you up to date? Uh, no, I've watched that the first episode and that episode. 
And by the first episode, I mean the first episode of season one. <laughs> God damn it, Rich. Crazy, man. <laughs> I've just um, never watched Stranger t- Things, but I went to a watch, like a barbecue okay. slash watch party, and then I got stuck watching this two hour episode of television. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, so Tony Rigbo also appears as young Dumbledore. Both are briefly seen in Deathly Hallows Part 1, and they are barely in this, um, just in sort of like quick, sort of vague flashbacks. Uh, and I find this significant because outside of these appearances and the occasional use of Hedwig's theme, which is sort of hinted at in the first film, but given the full like return when mm. you go back to Hogwarts. And it's, this yeah, film, it's treated as Hogwarts theme. Yeah, yeah. Um, this series, other than these three moments... Um, is I, I always thought it was it was not explicitly a prequel to the movies. Mm. Like you could see these as prequels to the books, mm. but with these things, both the actors returning and the music returning, that to me is the only thing that makes it explicitly no, no. These are prequels to the Harry Potter movies. I would almost guarantee we're going. That's <laughs> it's going to change in in number five. Yeah, there's gonna we're gonna get Baby James Potter or something. Ah, oh, so that it's going to. What do you mean? Like, like I, I, we're go, we're gonna get some fucking bullshit in the fifth one where they go like, ah, oh, yes, like it turns out that this person was Harry's dad, and then we see grown up James or some stupid shit. I've googled it. James Potter was born in 1960, and I've said that Fantastic Beasts will end in 1945. Yeah, yeah, they've they've got a time turner. They'll fucking work it out. Fun fact, though, in. Uh, about two weeks after the first film, mm. where it's canonically set, Tom Riddle is born. Wow. Isn't that interesting? There, yeah, that'll be it. We'll see, we'll see him be like, I hate this name. And he will have like little newspaper cutouts of uh, Tom Tom Marvolo Riddle. Mm. Um, oh my God. He'll be, he'll be like. In 1945, he'll be. 20. Like, yeah. Like in his late teens. Yeah. Oh, he's totally, Voldemort's totally going to be in these. <laughs> it's going to come out that, like, Caleb Landry Jones has been cast as Tom Riddle in mm. Fantastic Beasts 5. Mm. The the birth of Voldemort. We call that. Oh, yeah, fucking will be. Cause <laughs> we'll talk about titles. We'll talk. We'll get to titles. All right. Uh, I made a really funny joke. We just stopped recording to save everything. <laughs> and I feel like, I just feel like it was funny enough. Do you agree? Or was it yeah, not it was funny, funny it was funny. And I, was and I mean, I've how- been hogging all the jokes. I've been like was- Drax and Guardians of the Galaxy 2, <laughs> and I've been owning was- the jokes in this podcast. I was saying how the the weirdest thing about the titles, and we'll talk about the titles later, but- Here's a little teaser. But how it's like- it's the weird thing about calling it Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, is that these are clearly two entirely separate concepts that are being smashed together. And it's like just Fantastic Beasts as a moniker is such a broad term. Mm. And it'd be like if, <laughs> if it was called Animals and the Born Identity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Mm. Another very relevant, a very well put together title. Um, this came out. In 2022, it came out about two months ago. Yeah. Uh, and guess who it was directed by? Oh, who would do it? Who would step up to the challenge? Uh, well, I'm sure it, Alfonso Cuaron is looking for right. looking for work at the moment. <laughs> looking for work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, this was once again directed by David Yates, the fucking oh. hog. 
the hog of the French. <laughs> yeah. like, he, he's he's like eating all the food at the Christmas lunch. Mm, you know? like, he's hogging. Everyone's it. like, "Could I maybe get a bit of creme brulee?" And he's like, "No, it's mine." <laughs> mm. What do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Forty-five. Forty-six on Rotten Tomatoes, and this score makes the Fantastic Beasts trilogy uh, the third lowest, lowest, and second lowest films in the Wizarding World franchise. Wow. Great spin-off, gang. Mm. <laughs> Great work. Uh, what is this one about? <sighs> Come on, this one's a little bit easier. There's a little baby deer that chooses the president of Wizards. <laughs> and yeah, okay. it goes... That's what it's about. I know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's they fucking they go on like it's like a heisty kind of thing where they have to go and infiltrate so Grindelwald doesn't become leader of the wizards. Yeah, Grindelwald's and- trying to hack the election. <laughs> yeah. It is funny because you watch these movies like this where you're like, you know, damn, like the system's so fucked, like how how does how this could never actually happen? It's so far fetched. And then the Supreme Court goes <laughs> and fucking does their thing, and you the, go the Council of Six. I yeah, think, and you go ah ah yes. The world <laughs> yeah. is still a horrible place where we could so easily have a Grindelwald ourselves. <laughs> if only, if only. What did you think of this film, which we haven't nearly explained enough of the plot, but maybe it'll Doesn't matter. Well. Does not matter. <laughs> also turns out that Credence is actually oh, yes. not- the, Yeah, it's, it's, it's Dumbledore's He's Aberforth Dumbledore's son. Yeah, yeah so, so Albus Dumbledore's nephew, not brother. Presumably something added- because everyone was so mm. mad at the, the implication yeah. of, of there being another brother. And so this one is J.K. Rowling and Steve Cloves, who, as I mentioned, mm. wrote most of the Harry Potter movies. And, yeah, so it does flow a bit more like a film. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this it's it's so interesting, this film, because, like I, like I said just before, I turned down an invitation to go see this with some people at my work. I... I <laughs> I'm barely acquaintances with, but I. <laughs> they won't be listening to the podcast. Yeah, well, they might, but they <laughs> they'll be like, "Oh, fantastic beast! I love those." I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Films. <laughs> but the it's just this interesting thing where I, I'm kind of glad we're covering it for the podcast now because there's a completionist in me that wants to you know, mm-hmm. wants to be up to date with a franchise like this. But this was the first time I've ever hopped off a franchise like this. I mean, I, I, yeah. like, I, I I'm guess, glad you brought this up. I guess I would say, like, Star Wars I've hopped off of, but it hasn't had a theatrical release since I've decided I've hopped off. And you know what? As soon as there is one, I'll go see it. But the, mm. yeah, this, like, I've never given up on a franchise before. Mm. And this was the first one where I, I had to make a conscious decision 
that this movie was came out, like you said, only a couple months ago. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to see that. I haven't seen Jurassic World Dominion yet, but I intend to. Same. We're in the same same boat. Exactly. Yeah, I haven't seen Lightyear yet either. But no. And but these are all ones that it's like I I, I hope I get round to it, or you know, if I miss it in cinemas, I will watch it on mm. Disney Plus or or whatever. But yeah, the, the this I was just you know quite content to be you know super woke and say I'm not going to support this film. But yeah, no, totally. I mean, I, I downloaded it, I, I pirated it, and you know the quality suffered for that. There's a, there's a lot of scenes in these movies where they they use the the like the curse that they do in um, the Deathly Hallows Part Two, where they the Helga Hufflepuff's cup, where it like just keeps duplicating everything mm-hmm. that it touches in that um, the vault, mm-hmm. it duplicates, and they do that, and so you know the screen is like overcome with. Shit. C- CGI assets. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so the, the quality just really suffers when you're, like, streaming right. the film. But right. the 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 interesting thing, though, is that, like, a large part of the film does hinge on needing duplicates of something. And they go, oh, we'll mm. go to this go to this muggle fucking briefcase maker because he's the only person mm. that can do it. Oh, no, we have to avoid. No, then they enchant the stuff in it. Yeah. With the, the with the duplicating thing, yeah, yeah. There's this whole thing about like we have to get multiple of Newt Scamander's suitcase, but we've got to do it m- the Muggle way of just making duplicates. Yeah. You're fucking wizards! What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, what a strange plot. A lot of this film is actually basically like Grindelwald can see what we're doing, so we've got to, half of us have got to do the wrong thing, which yeah. is an interesting idea for a plot. Yeah. I don't think very well executed. Yeah, in this, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's like J.K. Rowling. You know, heard the criticism of the last one that it's like people thought the plot was nonsensical and it's like, well, I don't feel like writing a better plot, but how can I make that the plot? How can I motivate <laughs> in the story that yeah. and, and that's yeah. called good writing? Yeah, yeah. I thought this one was all right. <laughs> I think it's it's probably on par with the first mm-hmm. one. I guess I'm just more um, woke. Fuck. More woke I, than I you. think big well, very cool. You aren't you the coolest guy in the room? I'm probably more woke than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't say I was more tech savvy than you. <laughs> you can be. You can be the lame nerd who who knows how to not hit their microphone. And you know what? I'll just be an ally. <laughs> Um, because everyone is like everything about this film, it's like it's it's like it's a five film franchise, and then this film comes out. It's like ah, oh, maybe it won't be. Uh, maybe we'll yeah. end it here. Like it does have this finality to it that mm. is, um, it replaces the constant sequel setups from the first two films. So in that sense, I thought it was like more satisfying than the last two. Yeah, I'll, I'll allow that. Mm. And I thought the stuff with the the chillin was all right. That's the name of the the um, little deer, magical deer, like a bouse. Um, and fun fact, uh, chillin actually, Q-I-L-I-N. yeah, it's spelled Q I L I N. Because I watched the subtitles. Chillin is actually are actually seen in Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings as well. And I thought it was interesting that like a relatively obscure Chinese mythical creature would get two big screen appearances in the last year. Wow. So, yeah. yeah, and they appear in the like Shangri La, 
area. I assumed that would be where, yeah. yeah. They were just on they they were, they were just on a bus in San Francisco. <laughs> they look very different in each mm. movie though. Very different interpretations of the same, you know, drawn on papyrus <laughs> drawings of what a chillin' would look yeah. like. The second half of the film I thought was better than the first half, which is a good Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Uh, the big change here though, and this is the 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 chillin' the chillin' in the room. <laughs> The elephant in the room uh, is that Mads Mikkelsen joins oh. the cast, replacing Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, who by all accounts was basically asked very nicely if he could leave so mm. that they didn't have to fire him. Um, this was, of course, after uh, accusations of domestic abuse against Amber Heard became more prominent in the media. Uh, he well, he apparently lost had, a libel case in the UK. Yeah. Yeah, he apparently had filmed, uh, some sources say one, some sources say three scenes for the film before being replaced. And due to his contract, he was still paid in his actor's fee in full, which is estimated to be somewhere between 10 and $16 million for doing literally nothing instead of basically nothing, which is what Depp has been doing for about 15 years before this. Hot damn. <laughs> um, yeah. The recast with Mads Mikkelsen is interesting, I think, for several reasons. Mainly that the change in appearance is not acknowledged by anyone in the film, mm. despite the character famously having previously a previously established track record of changing appearance. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't question it. If it was like, um, I don't know, like Kowalski got recast, I'd yeah. be like, well, they're, they're just dealing with an actor being recast. But when it's a character who has been mm. two separate famous actors already, it feels weird to then have him mm. change. Like they have to recast him again, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Exactly. He should be someone yeah. else on the next one. The, the, it is It is uh, more believable that you would fall in love with Mads Mikkelsen, who just looks <laughs> like Mad Mikkelsen, rather yeah. than like wacky Johnny Depp, like who spun <laughs> well, the, yeah. the wheel of wacky and cho and, and, and just like when it landed on the one, he, he D- did an extra did, spin. Yeah, he did an extra spin there. Yeah. <laughs> It just landed on it landed on mustache and free spin. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting that you bring that up because I think um, it's weird, almost though. Like I understand why you do it from like a you don't want to be stupid point of view, but yeah. in a, in a like from like a canon point of view, it's strange that they didn't recreate Grindelwald's iconic look, and it's just Mads Mikkelsen with a blonde streak in his mm. hair. And again, I get it's a recast, but it's so funny to see such specific character mm. design choices made in a for, for like one version of the character and then when you're forced to recast you don't keep any of them mm. like johnny depp doesn't look like that in real life either you yeah, know yeah. like and it'd be like recasting harry potter and he doesn't have glasses and a, and a lightning scar anymore yeah, yeah. like i get that you i, I can acknowledge that mads mickelson would look insane with bleach blonde hair and a mustache and a weird eye well that's the thing i like when he was cast i was like my main thing was like i can't wait for this film because i want to see what he looks like <laughs> Like with his weird eyes and his weird hair and his weird moustache and his real pale skin, and then no, yeah, it's reduced to a single streak in his hair. Mm, like it's it, very, strange. it should have been Mads from the start. Like it should have been Mads from the start. Um, and all the 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 blonde streak as well is like the guy from Stranger Things is still shown in this film as being young Grindelwald. Mm. Who looks a bit more like the Johnny Depp version, <laughs> but now it's like he grew up to be Mads Mikkelsen. Um, I think. The other thing I thought was interesting is, is this like maybe the third or fourth time that Mickelson, an incredible actor, I think, mm. um, has been cast in a major franchise in what has been a pretty thankless and unnotable 
role. Mm. What did you think of Mads Mikkelsen as? Grant? Oh, I think he's prob- he's pretty thankless and not unnotable. <laughs> he's he's not thankless. I'm, not, I'm saying like I like, I didn't see him say thank you for the role. No, okay, that's true. He was thankless. Is this what you want? Is this what you want, Richard? Is- <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, th- I thought he could have been a lot more polite to the crew. From what I understand, like Newt Scamander, the best character in these movies, because he's so yeah. Polite. But I mean, yeah, because he's, I mean, he, he's, you know, um, in terms of like ticking all the fucking nerd boxes, he's mm. in, yeah. J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. He's in the James Bond universe. He's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's in Star Wars. And he's probably in another one. He's in Yag 10, The Hunt. <laughs> I feel like his role in Casino Royale and, and Hannibal, as he plays the, mm. the character on TV, or did play him, I feel like those are the only Those are his like, thankful time- roles. Those are his thankful roles because you you cast Mads Mikkelsen in something and everyone goes, oh, that's so good. When Mads Mikkelsen was cast Death as Stranding, yeah, <laughs> was recast as Grindelwald, I was like, he should have been Grindelwald from the start. But like, this always happens. He gets cast in Doctor Strange or Star Wars, and it's like, oh, what great casting. And then I don't remember anything the characters do, as any of his characters, you know, get up to in those movies. Yeah. Have wait a second. Mm. <laughs> have we heard the title for? We, no, we haven't. Because t- he's supposed to be appearing next year in, according to Wikipedia, Indiana Jones and the Order of Elysium. I've not heard that as the title yet. Yeah, you click on the link to it and it says Untitled Indiana Jones Film. That feels made up, but that's not true. But if it is, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I be- you know what? I bet he's going to be forgettable in Indiana Jones and the Order of Elysium. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mickelson opted not to emulate Depp's performance. Um, this is on the record. Mm. Um, he stated in an interview that it would be creative suicide, but acknowledged that there still needed to be some sort of bridge between what came before. I think there is a very distinct severing from what came before, <laughs> and I think he's just sort of playing Mads Mickelson. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Guthrie. Have you, do you know who that is? No. Well, you're going to wish you didn't know. He played I, Abernathy I in the first two installments. He's a wizard, like, Ministry of Magic, like, aura in the first film, and then he betrays everyone and joins Grindelwald in the second film. Right. Uh, but he is not in the third film. Oh, was he uh, busy? He was busy uh, getting convicted uh, in a sexual assault case, um, which adds – just another like colourful him. colourful character to the troubling set of associated individuals with the Fantastic Beast films. Because, I mean, of, of course, between this and the last um, film, so between Crimes of Grindelwald and Secrets of Dumbledore, this is when all the J.K. Rowling turf stuff came out, you know? Mm-hmm. It went from being like, you're a bad person because you told everyone that wizards shit their pants to you're a bad person because you invalidate the most vulnerable people <laughs> group on the planet. You shit your own <laughs> <laughs> um and i think i feel like all that stuff just really sank your reputation and as you were saying before like like i feel like it severely impacted my hype for this movie mm. um i mean so did the last film and i actually <laughs> personally between the last film being awful and all the jk rowling stuff i was like i'm not gonna see this film i'm not gonna support it i mm. I, I i i'm not gonna support a film i won't like made by a person i don't like yeah for, you know? for the record um kevin guthrie got out of prison 
uh, while Secrets of Dumbledore was still in cinemas. <laughs> Great. Stuff. He was in prison for three years. He was freed in May 2022. So he. Mm. Yeah. What's he up to now? <laughs> <laughs> I just. It's, and the only reason I've watched it now is because our lovely patrons voted Harry Potter for, for the next one. Um, and here we are. Watching this movie, I was so proud of myself. As someone who likes to see every movie, I was so proud of myself for not going to like it. I was like, this is the first, this is probably the biggest blockbuster in 10 years I haven't gone well, out to we, see. We talked about this, though, that the the Planet of the Apes movies, we just, uh, we, we we liked, we just never saw in the cinema. True, true. This is the opposite of that. I mm. didn't like this, and I, but I, I guess I didn't see it in the cinema. So yeah. it's not the exact opposite. Case closed. Gallant Grindelwald has been played by five different actors. Uh, mm. Colin Farrell, Johnny Depp, Jamie Campbell Bower, Mads Mikkelsen, and Michael Byrne who plays him in one of the Deathly Hallows movies, uh, which is a lot for a character who's only really in two movies, isn't it? That's a lot of... Is there, they've got to break some kind of record. Yeah. I mean, Lord Voldemort's played by um, six people. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, but th- th- he has, like, significant roles and across more movies where it makes sense to cast. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Grindelwald's going to be in more. Well, has anyone, has has there ever been one character who's been played by more recognisable faces than Grindelwald then? Um, <laughs> in such a small amount of movies. Are you Googling that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to find anything. No, I am. Tony. Who? Tony. Who's Tony? Sh- Tony Shepard. Who's that? From the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Ah, of course. Thank you. You fucking fool. There is one really Hoisted good scene in this by movie. by your own petard. This movie is one of those bad movies that has a scene which makes you go, why couldn't the whole movie have been this? Mm. And that's when Newt is breaking his forgettable brother, Theseus, out of a German prison. And, and they're walking guarded. like crabs. And it's They're walking silly. like crabs. But it, it, shut up! It's a good scene! It's not silly! <laughs> I don't, it, there's these crabs that they, they, apparently they're manticores is what um, yeah. uh, Eddie Redmayne called them um, in an interview and and they you know he has to dance so they don't attack him and then he has to take his very serious brother out while he's also dancing and it's just like this is what all of these movies should be comprised of is moments like this where yeah. everyone's dancing <laughs> I did think that that yeah it kind of reminded me of what these movies might be like if they were a little bit more like Indiana Jones. And I just want to dwell <laughs> no, on that no, for a no. moment. <laughs> just a second, Richard, because is there anything else you'd like to talk about with uh, The Secrets of Dumbledore? It's bad. Okay. We talk about titles a lot on this podcast. Uh, and Richard, I've got a question for you. Is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them a sequel-proof title? Is that a title that no matter what you think of, you're not going to come up with a good sequel title well because everyone just assumed it was going to be you were going to change where to find them how to find them Mm. and what to and how to cook them how to prepare them yeah (laughs) culinarily how to cook for 40 fantastic beasts but the thing is, even even if you did, if you, even if the second one was called Fantastic Beasts and How to Find Them, I feel like that's not distinct enough that it would excite people. Yeah, you're but changing you also, one word in like a 50-word title. Yeah, you also can't add words because it's already too long, mm. and you so you can't call it Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, colon, The Crimes of Grindelwald, which would have been mm. 
still bad. Um, and and what they went with is like reflection a reflection of their increasing move away from the central premise of what the yeah. franchise says I'm, is going to be. I'm going to be honest. They probably did. If if you if you it's like if you were locked into that first title and you were given reins of the franchise, they probably did the best thing they could do. I mean, only because they wanted to make it about Grindelwald. Yeah, I, but that, um, that's the thing. Like, like they shouldn't like they shouldn't have named the first one that you know. Or but, should they have just called the next one the Crimes of Grindelwald? Yeah, I did think that as well. But mm. then, mm. yeah, I mean, you kind of need that though. The like. Little, little subby T at the bottom, the mm. subtitle. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe if it was treated more as a cinematic universe sort of thing, and I think yeah. that's that's probably what they should have done with it. Is that this one's very the first one? You know, you'd make very much this, and then the second one is like very much about the crimes of Grindelwald, and you know, Kowalski's not in it, but mm. Newt shows up, and then the secrets of Dumbledore. Oh yeah, like Kowalski's back and he's been mm. imprisoned by Queenie for several years. Mm. But yeah, and it's wacky, but it's wacky and fun. Oh, they get back it's... together in, in Secrets of Dumbledore. It's lovely. It's beautiful stuff. Uh, so I posted on Twitter today and I got no response. So I posted mm. to the Discord. Um, creative exercise: If you were to keep the sentence structure of the first film, what would you title the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them sequels? I wrote, "You can ignore the plots of the actual sequels if all you were tasked with doing was coming up with cool sequel titles." Um, and and I thought I'd I'd read out a couple of the suggestions we got. Um, vote Swagtastic Dragons. Josh said, "Fantastic Beasts and the Evolving World." Fantastic Beasts and the secrets they hide or keep. Um, Fantastic Beasts and how to tame them. And Fantastic Beasts and why to observe them from a safe distance a bit of a funny one in there that is that is incredibly funny um dan from hawaii van mode uh, i think these might be the best alternate titles i've heard for in in all my years of researching better wow. titles for the fantastic wow. beast sequels dan suggested fantastic beasts abroad and fantastic beasts within which makes a lot more sense if you're if you don't want to keep and where to find them as such a long and you know uh, cumbersome subtitle then making it like the 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 they're now three words long and the last word is a qualifier for the fantastic beasts themselves mm. you know i think that's an interesting way to take the titles that i did not thought of or heard of before fantastic beasts beyond and it's in space fantastic mm. beasts in space um <laughs> rachel we are the collective suggested fantastic beasts and how they came to be which could Are be fun. Beast? Oh, even better. Um, and Tim Tarbor123, Watch Along Baron, said, Crimes of Grindelwald should have been fantastic things and where to hide them, referencing both the hidden emotions of Ooh. the romance plots, Credence Lost Heritage, Nagini being a fugitive, etc., and Secrets of Dumbledore could have been fantastic things and how to see them, characters seeing things via precognition and Grindelwald's sleight of hand with the goat creature thing. That is what I came up with just off the cuff. I think beasts get de-emphasized so much that by the end that it becomes the most droppable word in the scheme which is another interesting tactic of doing it what if it is fantastic blank and weird blank 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 you yeah. know what if that's the forbidden love and where to hide them yeah what if what if we what if we go on a macro lens and try to like actually you know we zoom out and try to which is the, actually the opposite of what a macro lens does <laughs> uh, we, we zoom out and try to actually like keep the structure of the sentence yeah. maybe fantastic is the only word we yeah. keep or maybe you know fantastic and, and, voyage and going inside <laughs> someone <laughs> 
adjective noun and what the da da da, you know, like maybe <laughs> that's all. Dang heck. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Fantastic beasts and what in tarnation? <laughs> <laughs> I just think they, I think Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is such a great title for the first one. Um, it's a fun and title, I, I, yeah. And what if what? And this is adding adding extra words. But if you really wanted to be simple with it, you could go Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them Second Edition. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them Third Edition. You know, I Fantastic think, Beasts and Where to Find Them Two. But they, I feel like they wouldn't do that because the Harry Potter movies didn't do that. No, see, AJ, oh, you weren't listening. You, uh, it's T O O. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them Now. Yeah, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Set Them Free, but the oh. it's like three. <laughs> <laughs> where to Set Them Free. <laughs> That's a good title. I'm going to come back to that. Fantastic uh, okay. Beasts and Where to Set Them Free. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Before we move on to our final um, fun segment <laughs> to the franchise, <laughs> we do just have to quickly open up yeah. the open up the safe. Shorty got a lot to say. We've got our own David Yates esque segment. <laughs> We've got, oh no, no this, sorry, I meant the ranking. I meant the ranking. <laughs> no, no, this is meeting of the elders. Where if you go over to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/cultpopshow, and you sign up to our cult elders tier, we actually we actually ask your thoughts on the franchise of the Fortnite, and we've got some. Fun fun people to talk about their fun opinions for Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. So, uh, first of all, we've got uh, from Scotty Doesn't Know. He says, these films commit the worst crimes a film can make of Grindelwald. No. Oh, um, being, I was going to say that. Being, <laughs> being completely uninteresting. You can tell the cast are trying hard, but there's no meat in this sandwich. It's just plain white bread. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's... You know, like like the build up going into this, like yeah, it was, and you know, all these actors would have been so excited to join J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World, and mm. it's like you know they're, they're trying with how you watch the first movie, you're like, all right, but it could be you know the second movie could make or break it, and then mm. yeah, but I mean you know I yeah. guess get on them for still trying. Mm. Uh, Pre from Michigan says, haven't seen the third yet, and if I do, it'll be for Mads only. The first two have some interesting to great parts buried in bland nothingness. nothingness. Uh, Colin Farrell was awesome, plain and simple. Fogler was funny in the heart of the movies. The main character seems to be a good representation of neurodiversity, with it just being part of his characterization and not being a plot device or a main drive mm-hmm. of the movie. The setting and feel is interesting. Nagini being previously a human, I found compelling, even if it doesn't quite seem to fully fit with the Nagini in the books also the type of curse she adds to the world building of the wizarding world I think he's saying they like that yeah. um, Jude Law as young Dumbledore is good casting however Dumbledore dresses uh, look, dress, the way Dumbledore dresses oh, sorry how Dumbledore dresses looks cool but it flies in the face of style knowledge of Dumbledore and wizards in general Harry Potter days somehow wizards completely lost all concept of how muggles dress apparently in the time gap between the two series mm-hmm. yeah because he's wearing like a nice like three piece suit mm. kind of thing in these movies but he's wearing like granddad jammies and <laughs> <the other laughs> 
Um, I like the idea of Grindelwald not wanting wizards to hide, but to come forward and guide slash lead. But I feel like he kind of just becomes another Voldemort ideology. I totally agree. Mm. They could have done a better job of showing of showing him as a charismatic character that you could believe Dumbledore fell in love with before realizing he's gone too far and being more evil than than ambitious for a better world. That's, um, Clarence- that's a good like Mads thing versus Johnny Depp thing. I would say mm, that yeah. like Johnny Depp, you have. A, a comic booky sort of cartoonish looking villain and mm. it's like well yeah he's just evil you know maybe if we had flashbacks or you know he's cursed to look like that but yeah like Mads Mikkelsen just you know handsome guy with the blonde streak in his hair you mm. could be like oh this dude's charismatic and I think yeah. like that should be because you know Voldemort is like the dark lord and it would be so much more interesting to have like this charismatic cult leader Mm, and, and so you actually have a difference between Voldemort and um, Grindelwald. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's the greatest indictment on the series that halfway through Secrets of Dumbledore, I was like, have we not fucking seen this before? Mm. Like, I've already seen, like, an evil wizard vying for political power. Yeah. You know, like, th- this is the yeah, problem yeah, the 2016 with- election. A more every presidential election for the last 200 years. Uh, but, th- like, the the... I just, it's the same thing again. And, the you know, t- dark days ahead. We've all got to bandy together because there's an evil wizard. It's like, this was done better in Harry Potter. Mm. So why even do the similar thing here? Yeah. Um, Pre also says, uh, Clarence is just a mess of a character who should have made it past the first movie. I have no idea who Clarence is. I don't know who. Who's Clarence? I believe they're probably talking about Credence. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Um, alrighty. Uh, she says, Fantastic Beasts, only watch the first one, which I like. I think the lead is great as well as his muggle friend. The beasts are very cool. <laughs> I've never watched the, the second as I heard it was terrible and one of the good witches becomes a fascist or something. Pirated the third, but have yet to watch it and will only do so for Mads Mickelson. I love good that stuff. Repeat. The beasts are very cool. <laughs> very cool beasts and where to find them. <laughs> Vince Scamander says, I remember the build up to Fantastic Beasts was just meh for me. I didn't have that attachment to the franchise anymore and just saw this as a way to milk the series i liked the first film enough and enjoyed colin farrell as the main bad but the second he became johnny depp and a very deep choice of character mm. design my interest died i used a gift card to see crimes of grindelwald in theaters and god what was that a waste why the fuck is newt trying to fight wizard hitler hey look it's dumbledore hey look it's nicholas flamel hey look did you see the philosopher's stone <laughs> quick get another shot of it have zero interest in seeing secrets of dumbledore i didn't even ha- watch the harry potter reunion on hbo Max, this franchise will stay in my childhood memories as a reminder that not everything needs to keep going. And also, fuck J.K. Rowling. This is interesting. Yeah, there's something we didn't actually talk about because you're so far up Newt's commander's butt. But like, I do the like. Why is Newt like still in these films? <laughs> no, that's but that's that's to me. It's the films should be about Newt. Mm. Like, the, Grindelwald's the problem. Yeah. The film well, should be about Newt. Like, even more so, like, the fact that Kowalski is just, like, goes on an adventure with... But, like, I was so conflicted because, like, he goes to... They go to Hogwarts and he, like, gets some fucking cockroach clusters from some Slytherin kids. Mm. And I'm like... And I genuinely had this moment. I'm like, is him being at Hogwarts 
the worst thing I've seen in this franchise or the best? Like, I genuinely can't tell. Like, I was like, do I want to just see, like, you know, because that's what you do with the sequel, right? Is like the magical world comes to him and he's like, what's going on? Sequel, you take him to the magical world. And, right. you know, like that's what they did with Thor the Dark World and then that yeah, worked. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's like, it just seems like, you know, you, you, you have someone, you know, react to a new world and then you still get to be like, oh, it's new. But, yeah, the- I also thought that that when they um when the when they out Grindelwald as enchanting the de- the dead chillin to get it to bow to him, mm. and then they get the real chillin and it bows to Dumbledore. I was like, that's such a lame decision to have the chillin doubt to bow to Dumbledore because doubt a Bumbleboard <laughs> because like first of all, like not only is it expected, but like. It shouldn't bow to Dumbledore. He's not pure of heart. That's what makes him a complete this, this just guy. a character. No, Richard. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> because he's like made bad decisions and yeah. like was nearly a Nazi. I don't think he's pure uh, of heart. Yeah. Um and then I, as I was watching it, I was like, God, imagine if it bowed to Kowalski. The only muggle there, yeah. Yeah, well, that would be fantastic. Sorry, Beasts and, and where to find them. Um, no, but instead, of, he, the chillin', if you haven't seen the movie, bows to a character who I guess has been there the whole time that I did not pay any attention to. It was like, who's that? Fantastic Beast and who's that? <laughs> this is the new figwit. <laughs> Um, Dan from Hawaii Van Mode says I watched this entire trilogy one in theatres and I have little memory of 70% of what happens in each here are Haikyuu reviews I wrote immediately after watching each Fantastic Beast 3 out of 5 overuse this is the Haiku overuse of CGI engaging supporting cast plot went randomly Crimes of Grindy they gave 1.5 out of 5 um, and wrote Trodes personage, which is a French exposition, came too late. Why did I watch this? And for Secrets of Dumb, they gave two out of five and wrote really cool set pieces, dragged down by the main plot line, Rollings and Asshole. Fantastic Be- they continue Fantastic Beasts I enjoyed this it's fun it's fine it's interesting enough without being special uh, I really love Dan Fogler in this his character is the highlight and the heart of the film endearing and compelling his entire arc really touched me then they decide to bring him back for crimes and I found that undermines his entire journey in the first film especially with his consent being under question this time I saw the first film in theatres and it's one of the only films out of four that I've ever walked out of I rolled my eyes when Nicholas Flamel showed up for the first time and I full on threw my arms up when he showed up again out of nowhere for the finale gif below and it's that very funny gif of jerry seinfeld in that episode of kirby enthusiasm where he's like "Ah, i'm getting out of here (laughs) um so i left within the middle of the climax because i found i literally did not give a shit way too many characters and too many plot lines and too many exposition dumps i loved all the characters who were trying to their best to save this film from its material but alas as for secrets of dumbledore i'm not the first to say this but i don't like johnny depp's grindelwald and find he's been phoning it in for every movie since the mid-2000s i was so happy to find out that Mads to find that Mads performance was so compelling and magnetic I don't know if I agree I can finally understand uh, I can fully understand how he got such a loyal following versus Mad Eye Depp mm. I, I, I do agree with that I love the dancing crawfish scene and that's about it um, yeah I it's interesting though that I would say Dan hasn't seen the second film because they walked they out of it I if you ever walked out of it you haven't yeah, yeah. No, I've got real shameful walkout stories. I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay, okay. I've never walked I've out. I've told you, I've, I walked out of The King's Speech as the, like, most oh, yes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The only film I walked out of was um, Little Woman, and that was just because Jess was sick and we 
had to go home. And then I went back and watched it like two days later. Sick of empowered women. Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, finally, my neighbor Craig says, my kids obsessed with Harry Potter books and films, watched a trailer for a Fantastic Beast movie and said, that looks dumb. Thank you, lovely ladies. They have been on the podcast before mm. where they so offered similar Craig. insight into Barbie. So is <laughs> Craig. Cool. Alrighty. Well, that is meeting adjourned for the meeting of the elders. And Richard, now we're going to move on to continue the franchise where you and I continue the Fantastic Beasts franchise against our better judgment. <laughs> so outside of all the Wizarding World follow-ups, follow-ups that we discussed last week, while it was initially pitched as at least a trilogy, in 2016 Rowling announced that there would be five Fantastic Beasts films taking us through to 1945 canonically, not in real life. It's not going back in time. Um, with Yates also revealing that same year that he would be directing all five films. <laughs> Hurrah. Stating, I love making films and I've got a great team, all of whom are like family. All of this being said, though, whether or not the next two happen was dependent upon the financial success of the third. And I remember after the second film bombed with critics, everyone was like, God, five? Mm. You know, yeah. everyone's like, and, are you serious? And the third one is the lowest grossing in the Wizarding World franchise. By quite a bit. Let me like four hundred. Wow. Uh, I mean, million. it is COVID times, but I wonder if they'll take that into consideration. Top Gun Maverick made a billion dollars. All right. Um, nothing is confirmed yet, but I I suspect that uh, Secrets of Dumbledore does a pretty good job of wrapping everything up. <laughs> I would be surprised if we got a fourth one announced. To be honest, apparently nothing's been written yet. Nothing's mm. gone ahead. Um, so I reckon this could be it. I reckon we'll definitely see more Wizarding World films, but. Yeah. In terms of the future, though, we have already had some hints into the fate of Newt Scamander. Did you know this? That in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban film, Newt Scamander's name can be seen on the Marauder's map, um, suggesting he's still alive in 1993 and wandering around Hogwarts at the age of 96. <laughs> um, some quick AJ maths will also tell you that this also means Dumbledore was only 28 when he was Newt's Hogwarts professor. Um, I'm 29 and what have I done? Nothing. You haven't fallen in love with any Hitlers. <laughs> Tell that to my ex-wife. Um, <laughs> so the, the other indication we have of the future of Newt Scamander is that J.K. Rowling confirmed on her Twitter in June of 2015 that Tina... <laughs> the Newt Scamander pisses and shits himself. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that Tina um, is short for... Porpentina. So Tina's the love interest in the first two films. She um, actually spoke out against J.K. Rowling's turfness and was suspiciously reduced in role in the third film. Mm. Um, oh, very cool, Hollywood. Um, so Tina is apparently short for Porpentina, and in Fantastic Beasts and Where to, Where to Find Them, the book, in the About the Author section, Newt Scamander is noted as now living in Dorset with his wife, Porpentina. Mm. And their I wonder pet, if it's the same Porpentina. Neasles, Hoppy, Millie, and Mauler. It's the name of their pets. I should also probably mention Quidditch Through the Ages, which is which mm. is another textbook we mentioned it up top that Rowling wrote for the same charity event as Fibber with the Fib. Um, to find them. Uh, this, uh, this one is a history on the Quidditch in universe written by uh, Quidditch fanatic Kennelworthy Wisp. Um, it apparently has quite a revered audio book uh, narrated <laughs> by Andrew Lincoln. Um, oh, nice. And yeah, what's your continue the franchise? Well, mine's actually Quidditch Through the Ages. Ah. didn't come up with much more than that although i did my other idea was that um what if you did a crossover with 
uh, Eddie Redmayne's other film, The Danish Girl. Right. Because he plays a trans woman in it. Mm. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what the relationship between Eddie Redmayne and Jacka Rowling is now that they've both like committed kind of like I mean, Eddie Redmayne less venomously, but like mm. you know, they're both not very popular and Yeah, Jurgen Jurgen Jack Rowling's like, you get it. Because <laughs> 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 yeah, um, yeah, Eddie Redmayne and uh, like this is like more than these films. The thing that maybe quite like Eddie Redmayne is his breaking down iconic characters video on mm-hmm. on YouTube. Like he just he seems like such a fucking dude. <laughs> like you'd just love to hang out with him. But he talks about the Danish girl, and he and he talks about it as like uh, I like I probably wouldn't do this role now. It was just sort of as we started to have those discussions, and I don't look back on it that fondly. You know, mm. Mm. yeah, I've seen that as well. Um, what do you think a Quidditch through the ages movie would look like? Would it be like a? I think it would cover. Um, no, it would it would cover the history of uh, Grindelwald? <laughs> Quidditch through the ages, the return of Voldemort. <laughs> It's so funny. That's the thing. The first one would be like, you know, like a an underdog story of of like the the person who created Quidditch or something like that or went on to mm. win the first Quidditch World Cup. And then the second mm. one would be about the assassination of wizard Archduke Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I think Quidditch, as we discussed before, is such a poorly designed sport that I actually don't want it to be expanded on at all mm. through the ages. Maybe we can see a version of Quidditch from like the 1800s that made more sense or something like that. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, my contender franchise, Richard, as we talked about last week and as we've dropped a couple of hints to um, earlier in the episode um, and as we've discussed before multiple times mm. across Cole Popshire, I passionately believe that Fantastic, the Fantastic Beast series should have been inherently episodic in nature, uh, much like Indiana Jones. Mm, and the Order um, of Elysium. With each film existing as its own complete story based around a specific fantastic beast and a specific where to find them. Um, as opposed to the unnecessarily serialized bullshit that we ended up getting, we did an episode of the podcast in 2018 called Better Ideas for Harry Potter Spinoffs, uh, where we also mentioned the same idea. Um, and in, in an episode of our forgotten 2020 web series, Ready to Record, um, we also did an episode which we mentioned this idea. Mm. Uh, and in and the then our other forgotten web series as well, the Soda Pop Show. Or is that what oh, did we mention it in that as well? Oh, I'm sure we did. We talked about <laughs> Fantastic Beasts on it. Uh, on the 2018 uh, Better Ideas of a Harry Potter spin-offs podcast, I basically went through the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them handbook and selected beasts which I thought could be fun, central beasts in different mm-hmm. movies, you know? Um, and what I've done today is actually put together a pitch for the plot of an actual Fantastic Beasts trilogy, borrowing from both the movies we actually got and Indiana Jones and a bunch of like making it like a celebration of film and a trilogy as a concept probably to the to the extent where i don't think jk rowling would really like it very much she would probably not think it's her thing um but i'm gonna read you a pitch for a trilogy going film by film 
So the first one is called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And my version borrows heavily from the actual versions, but I've basically removed all the Grindelwald stuff, um, who is not mentioned in the film anymore. Um, so set in 1926, Newt Scamander arrives in New York. There's all the stuff with the new Salem Philanthropic Society, um, which are the, the witch hunters, the, the Christian fundamentalist Christian witch hunters. And there's all the stuff with Kowalski, Tina and Queenie. They're all still here. And the plot of the film is basically the suitcases get mixed up the beasts get out newton teen have to go to find them against the backdrop of the salem witch trials revival that acts as the the like what the nazis are like in raiders of the lost ark is these these witch trials resurgence yeah. happening right um newt is eventually wrongfully blamed for letting loose the obscurus or the obscurial mm. um which in this version the fact that it's actually a person is a twist it's revealed at the end of the movie mm. um instead of being presumably told it's some it little girl start. not her older brother right <laughs> i actually have kept it as credence um where we've yeah, so we we find out that one of the guys from this uh this Salem group credence is the obscurus. Um Percival Graves is still here and the antagonistic force coming from the ministry, um, and is not revealed to be Grindelwald. He's just Percival Graves. There's no he just always was Percival Graves. Um and uh the Salem group and Credence serve as the main like supernatural obstacle kind of thing okay, okay, well, actually not okay. supernatural um unsupernatural i guess i guess credence is supernatural um in the climax newt manages to successfully remove the obscurus from credence without killing him who was then taken in by the ministry and i thought maybe he's sent off to hogwarts to maybe have you know and it's implied he has a happy ending because now he's like being treated as because an obscurus yeah. is born when a wizard is suppressing his powers so credence mm. at the end is allowed to explore sounds to me powers. like he has a hairy ending exactly like harry potter yeah i get it from um harry potter on the oh i thought you meant from troll troll too yeah or from from littleton <laughs> what i remember a news story about it or maybe it was Diamond Harbour, someone who lived on the other side of <laughs> Banks Peninsula, um, whose name was Harry Potter. And All the- right, okay. <laughs> Shout out You to don't that remember guy. this obscure news story from <laughs> 21 years ago? For um, shame. Another change, uh, Newt and Tina's relationship in the film is 100% platonic. It's never really in question. They don't even really like each other that much. Instead of developing a budding romance, I'm changing it to they they grow to respect. Right. You know, they're from different sides of the law, basically, but they grow to res- respect each other. Mm. Um, with Falling the romance- in love wasn't part of the plan. No, exactly. The romance in the film will come solely from Queenie and Kowalski, and Kowalski is still obliviated at the end of the film, uh, But Newt, and Newt still gives him the eggs so that he's able to open his bakery with the collateral. Um, and the final scene in the film is Queenie showing up in Kowalski's bakery and smiling at him. We never revisit these characters again. Oh, that is the, the last time. Though, right? No, no, no. That is the this last is time we writing. see Kowalski and Queenie. Um most of my changes come down to removing stuff from the film we have, but that's okay. Let's get this movie down to 90 minutes, I Oof. reckon. Two hours, now 12 you're minutes. speaking what I'm, my language I'm putting down, what you're picking up. Yeah. All right. Fantastic Beasts and Where They Come From is our second film. This is very much the Ace Ventura when nature calls to the first right. film because while the original saw the Fantastic Beasts- Because he crawls out of a Niffler's butt. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, when the original the original saw Fantastic Beast in an urban setting. This one features Newt visiting the wild yeah, realms yeah. of the beasts themselves. Set in 1924, which you may note makes this film actually a prequel. And oh, you're doing the Indiana Jones thing. A nod to Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, um, though it's never brought up beyond the the year show being shown um we join newt scamander in the enchanted forests of china where he is trying to observe and help the magical chillin give birth much like in secrets of dumbledore newt and the chillin are attacked the mother is killed and one of her two young is kidnapped this all happens in secrets of dumbledore um and newt saves the the the, the other one um after learning that the young chillin has been kidnapped by an evil witch intending on using its divination powers to make her the head of the International Confederation of Wizards, so it's still what Grindelwald does, I'm just not making it a Grindelwald anymore, um, Newt is forced to turn to his older sister for help. And she is a witch who works for the Ministry of Mag- Magic and, get this, is a distinct and different character from Newt in every way and it's fun to see the two actors interact together. Who do you think would be a good foil to Newt Scamander. Emma Stone. <laughs> Emma Watson. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> Sean Connery. Along the way, the two siblings are also joined by a squib. Um, so a magical person or a person born to wizards without magical powers. Um, and this squib, he acts as their guide, but also a brief but very wholesome love interest for Newt, confirming that Newt is in fact gay. An element um, of his character hinted at in the first film and then not really even gone into in the third, which allows us to have a gay protagonist whose homosexuality is not his entire character. It's only really relevant for one film. He's more into, like his stuff he's more into chicks (laughs) (laughs) no Um, anyway they all go on an adventure through some fun magical locations in China including the scene pulled directly from Secrets where Newt rescues well now it's his sister from the dungeon by dancing and swiveling with the lobster crab things a big part of the comedy of this franchise will come from the fact that Newt is a tender and shy character who seems to happily dance like no one's watching when it comes to interacting with fantastic beasts and communicating with them whom he understands more than people people um the end of the film plays out pretty similarly to the walk of the chillin but we replace all these dumb legacy characters with characters unique to the film the film also takes place against the backdrop of the real life 1924 beijing coup and its devastating fallout all of which creates trouble for the wizarding world as they try in secret to hold their magical ritual for a leader who ends up being a dictator while china's doing the exact same thing but without magic um after the main witch villain is exposed as a fraud, the chillin bows to the squib character, oh. meaning the responsibility of running the wizarding world has fallen to someone who can't even use magic, and he nonetheless steps up to the plate, and Pottermore lets us know that he led the wizarding world valiantly for many years. What I like about this is that it's a it's a really cool, like, uh, if that feels like a, a proper progressive message to be like to to like retroactively undo. It doesn't matter who you're the, related to. Yeah, and or if you have if you're born with power or not, you can still you're still pure of heart and you still have the the right to lead. Um, this will, I think, go down as the best film in the trilogy and it's one that I I'm, I'm basically took Secrets of Dumbledore and tinkered with it. Yeah. Years later, we get a film I haven't quite landed on a title for Fantastic yet. Fantastic Beasts Jr. 
<laughs> this time he's bought his dad. Ms. Ms. Fantastic Beasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking something along the lines of Fantastic Beasts and where they lead us, or Fantastic Beasts and where we follow them, or Fantastic Beasts and where they go. Um, what did you say before? I quite liked. Um, where to set them free. Yeah, I like that. Or what about Fantastic Beasts and what they teach us? Uh, yeah, very good. I was trying to keep it to where, but I think if these go beyond three, then you wouldn't need to yeah. keep it to solely where. Okay, set in 1932, the third film, though not necessarily the final film in the series, will take us on a globe-trotting and possibly swashbuckling uh, journey <gasps> I haven't quite Can't figured check. out just yet uh, but i like the idea of it focusing on a fantastic beast or beasts who are associated with death or the afterlife or moving on to the afterlife so fantastic beasts and where they go or where they lead us wow. um the i think this is a really cool place to take the series especially in what will feel at the time like it's probably the last one they'd make for a few years um you know capping off mm. a trilogy and i think that's a cool place to take it i think newt in this film will be dragged along possibly against his will by a boisterous and seemingly shallow wizard explorer who after receiving a prophecy about his death seeks to destroy the various and this is a real term psychopomps which is a magical magical creatures associated with ferrying souls to the afterlife angels are psychopomps for example um so this is to prevent uh, his prophesied death from coming true. He was prophesied a death. This character will begin the story as the villain, but end up being a sympathetic mix of Davy Jones from Pirates of the Caribbean and um, Long John Silver from Muppet Treasure Island and I assume Treasure Island. Mm-hmm. Um, his relationship with Newt becomes mentorly. He's sort of almost like the Dumbledore role mm-hmm. in the actual movies, mm-hmm. um, and it makes the the and and maybe in the end we discover he is actually in love with one of these psychopomps, and it makes it all a bit more complex and grandly romantic. You know, very very swashbuckly kind of thing very very harry potter-esque as well i think with considering Mm. snape and all that sort of thing um this film takes place against the backdrop of the grindelwald dumbledore conflict who can briefly appear in this film i've decided but we don't really learn more about their dynamic it's more that their battle creates practical obstacles for the main characters just like the nazis in the last crusade or the Mm -hmm. the salems in the first film it's the con it's the background conflict that creates the setting with which we go on this adventure with these characters Obviously, the less developed of the three, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, the the series is basically designed so that narratively they can be watched in any order. The only thing you gain from watching them in release order is more like, oh, you came to know Newt Scamander? Well, in the second film, you get to meet his sister. You know, it's more like play like a spiritual character expansion as opposed to narrative continuation or serialized lore. Uh, there are only three characters who appear in all three films. Uh, these are Newt Scamander, Pickett the Bowtruckle, and Teddy the Niffler, who provides hilarious, greedy antics all throughout, yeah. as he does in the actual films. He climbs out um, of his butt in the second one. Exactly. I also think we pull John Williams out of retirement and give the series its own distinct theme music. How I don't want go? to use Hedwig's. Sing. It would go, it would go, I don't want to use Hedwig's theme until the third film where we briefly visit Hogwarts for a he scene. Very Potter. briefly. The light just went out. That was spooky. <laughs> Thank you. Solidarity. 
And that is my pitch for what Fantastic Beasts should have been. Obviously. In Fantastic my Beasts and what they should have been. <laughs> right? Mm. What do you think? Come on. Come on. Uh, I think it's pretty stupid. You clearly didn't put a lot of effort <laughs> oh, into it. God. So you never give me praise for this shit. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Uh, how, so you said the second one would be the best one, but how yeah. would the other two rank? Um, I reckon that the first one is popular enough to, to garner a sequel. The third one uh, is maybe the worst one. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I think the third one is the one that, like, it has its fans definitely, but it's, it, it it's felt, it felt to me. the Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, or the, the, the Back to the Future 3, where it's like, yeah, 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 it doesn't yeah. feel like part of the same series. It's like, oh, they wanted to do a swashbuckling one, and they clearly had fun doing it. Yeah, I, yeah that's uh, the one I, I might put most of my focus onto the second one. Mm. But I do, I think, I think a really good idea is doing a, passing on to the afterlife storyline yeah, for the yeah, third sure, one. Yeah. And I do like the idea of a character who is compelled to prevent this from happening to him, but also is actually in love with like a banshee or something. I think that we should see Dan Fogler in the third one though. Just briefly, just look him here. I don't I, but it's like it's such a good love story if you never see it again. No, he just he's 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 running his he's running his bakery. They're they're running past shooting beams at each other and he's like, Whoa, whoa, hey, I'm baking here and then the camera lings on him for a little bit too long and then Queenie comes from uh, the back of the counter and goes, What's wrong, honey? And then he's like Hey, I don't know. Eh? And then yeah, case closed. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> All right, you've you've convinced me. Mm, thank you. Rank yep. debt franchise. <laughs> All right, everybody. So if you go to our Letterboxd account um, over at letterboxd.com slash um, we have got a list of the all the franchises that we've ever watched, um, and we rank them. Now, this puts us in somewhat of a confusing space because I personally believe the ranking of Harry Potter should be affected by however low we rank Fantastic Beasts. I disagree. Let's continue. Okay, so... Where would you put Fantastic Beasts in off the top of your head? What's what's a where, was is it below our midpoint? Our our uh, nymphomaniac it constant is, yeah. for, but I don't for think films it needs to be that that much lower than it to be looking at okay. the ones below it. What's below it? Have you added it, or am I doing it? Uh, I thought you would do it. Um, yeah, like it's. It, I mean, it's probably in the in the or so below it i think what number is is 72 okay so beneath it we've got golden eye pirates of the caribbean curse of the black pearl the mummy twilight diary of a wimpy kid i mean i probably uh think it it's maybe like it's above twilight i reckon it's between twilight and the mummy yeah sure um cool so you don't think that this should mean that nah. harry potter is dragged nah. down at all Nah. Why not? I just, I don't believe. Why it. don't you want to engage with me in this conversation? <laughs> We've had this conversation so many times. I don't know. It's just it's something that you've always felt passionate about that I've never been fully on board with. This like this tying a weight to a franchise. I just think that like because it um, if it wasn't ranked so much lower. I would feel the same, but I feel like if we're saying what's the best franchise of all time, like I'm thinking now with the, I haven't seen Lightyear yet, but with the, the mm. addition of Lightyear, it's like that should probably affect our Toy Story ranking, which is number two. Harry Potter is currently ranked at number 10. Do you think, beneath it is Indiana Jones. Do you think that 
that the addition of the Fantastic Beast series makes it less worth your while than Indiana Jones? No. Okay. Well, I, I think like Indiana Jones has its intrinsic, it's a fourth one that's that drags it mm. down. Okay, Fantastic Beast is is optional, an optional extracurricular activity that's mm. bad, but it's not as good. Mm. Okay, that's fine. All right, it is ranked at uh, number seventy six. Lit. Well, Richard, we've come to the point in the show where it's time to decide what we're doing for our next yeah. franchise. And this week we uh, went over to the Patreon and we were like, it's roughly our um, <laughs> six-year anniversary. What is it? You explain it. <laughs> yeah, so we went over to the Patreon and we were like, it's roughly our six-year anniversary. And yeah, normally we do a redux around this time. And what that means is that we redo a franchise we've previously covered. In previous years, have we done this? The first time we did it, we just put a poll up of all the franchises we covered in the first season of our show, so the mid to late, mid to the end of 2016, and Spider-Man won, and then we did it again, and uh, the Freddy vs. Jason won, and then we opened it up to first and second year, and the Mummy won, you know, not even using anything <laughs> from the second year, but... This year we were like, you know, what? we're keen to do something different, and we we took it to the the Discord, the Patreon. Said, you know, how how do you guys want to do it? And what was decided was that we would put all seven seasons of the show, including this season, would be seven different polls, <laughs> and we would each representing a different Horcrux. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, so for the, we'd have polls open for twelve hours each. Um, and then the winner of each season would then go forward to a grand final. So uh, I'll go through what the what the options were for the grand final. Okay. So we had, um, it's just loading, but we had uh, Medea won mm-hmm. season one, uh, Jurassic Park won season two, Cats and Dogs won the next season, High School Musical, The Terminator, Neon Genesis Evangelion, Fantastic Beasts, which we're currently (laughs) in the middle of doing. And then I also added No Redux as an option. So. I would have been so disheartened if No Redux won, even though I'd rather do No Redux than redo Fantastic Beasts for the second week in a row. So, um, and it's like all of the, almost all of these I kind of get. So like No Redux is, you know, a vote for a new franchise, but I'll go through in reverse order from... What, mm-hmm. what was voted so uh with no votes in the grand final was terminator which i fully stand behind it's like that one to me is, is the is the least reason to vote for mm-hmm. then uh tied for second to last place we have uh, cats and dogs which mm-hmm. uh you know has had a new film since we covered it so that makes sense uh and also no redux sorry for wasting your time then tied again we have high school musical Again, like, you know, we did, we did that episode live. Might be nice to do like an in-studio version of the episode. Uh, Evangelion was also tied with um, Something High School that Musical. benefits from... Yeah, benefits from multiple watches. And I think we would probably get something new out of watching it again. Mm. And then in third place, we have Medea. Whew, which, this got very close to first yeah, this, place. Yeah, this was, this was winning for quite a while, but it's now... Uh, it, it goes by percentage of total votes. It's 30% behind the next one. Wow. And then tied for first place 
We have Jurassic Park, which has had two new movies since we covered it, and Fantastic Beasts, which we don't know how the episode will be received. We're currently recording it. So now- Very funny, the- guys, for voting Fantastic Beasts. I-, I will Beasts. admit- I think voting Fantastic Beasts is hilarious. I think, you know, for a unique time where we've put up the idea of doing Fantastic Beasts, I think that's fucking hilarious <laughs> to be able to make that win. And it's one that I'm happy enough to to do, like, out of all the time. Like, it's three movies, you know, it's whatever. And, you know, like, it wouldn't be as funny if it was God's Not Dead or Fred because it's like, oh, okay, I haven't seen them in a couple of months. It, it had to be Fantastic Beasts. So, I get it. I, I get it. it. I don't make them laugh, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're uh, in the difficult... Uh, so I guess we're going to flip a coin or something. Okay, can we just do Jurassic Park? This is insane to me. It's not... Like, Jurassic Park. Okay, Richard, Richard, stop flipping a coin. Richard, <laughs> please stop. Wait, wait, just let me explain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we going? Think, a, so think about he- just oh like, think about like the fact that there's two more films that we haven't dis- discussed with Jurassic Park. Is it not clearly the better episode to do, patrons? Is it not? <laughs> All right. So, all right. Kids oh. is Jurassic Park, Tails is Fantastic Beasts. Because. Dinosaurs have heads and beasts have tails. <laughs> they could swap titles. Okay, here we go. I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, Fantastic Beasts couldn't be called Jurassic Park. I'm using the coin flip feature. I'm going to video this. Uh, all right, here we go. This is you're hearing this live. You're hearing the, or the audio. You're hearing in the video if you're checking this. So what have we said? Jurassic Park is heads and. Um, Fantastic Beasts, it's Tails. Okay, here we go. Flipping, flipping. It is Tails. Nah, it's not. It's heads. We're doing Jurassic Park. Oh, thank God. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh, I think All you right. can see that I'm not wearing pants at the end of the video. I'm probably not going to post that. <laughs> Alrighty. So, next week we are revisiting Jurassic Park, much like the idiots in the franchise keep doing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, For our Redux of 2022, thank you very much for voting. I can relax now that it's Mm. not Fantastic Beasts again. Yeah. Though very funny. Very funny. Yeah, but um, but Jurassic World, Jurassic Park makes so much sense. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and if you want to support the show, thank you very much for listening, everybody. And thank you for, for listening to us talk about all these Wizarding World films. I cannot wait mm. for, there, for there to be a next one. Next next fortnight will be another franchise with an entry that came out this year that we both didn't see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at um, least with this one, we can still go see it. True. So, yeah, that'll be next fortnight. I'm not sure what we'll do next week, but we'll work that out. Something stupid, probably. Um, and in the meantime, um, if you want to support the show, then you can like us and fo- follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Culpopture. You can email us at culpopturemedia at gmail.com. You can join the Discord, which there is a link to in the show notes, uh, or you can donate if you so choose over at patreon.com slash culpopture. Richard, it's time to. It's time to. Oh, I made that joke in the first one. It's time to go home, but we're not really going home. Not really. Um, it's mm. time to did it did it did it do. Well, I think <laughs> case closed. <laughs> That's way better. Thank you. <laughs> 
Case open! Welcome to the post credit scene. <laughs> Welcome along, everybody, to the post credit scene. This is a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate $5 or more over at patreon.com slash goldpopsha, you get to give us something to talk about in this, the post credit scene. Richard, who is it from and what is it? This comes to us from Brent Taylor, who says, what do you reckon will be the next big thing after we've all had our fill of superhero movies? I reckon it's going to be J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. <laughs> um, I reckon once um, video game movies are worked good, out, yeah, yeah. maybe that. I think that um, we'll see a... Um, I think something something about Stranger Things season four's finale being like two hour episodes mm. feels like that's going to be a thing that'll happen again, um, and like just a general deconstruction of the concept of a release order of for TV. I think yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's being that's being played with a bit more. Um, I think you know we're in it now, but I I don't think we've in, seen the end of the multiverse trend. I yeah, think sure. so many different IPs are doing multiverse shit at the moment, mm. um, and we'll see that happen in other franchises. I think. What do you think? Dinosaurs. Hell yeah! <laughs> Fire trucks. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> wheel wheel wheel! <laughs> Fantastic fire trucks and where to find them. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96 percent replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15 percent off your first order at bowl code buttery exclusions apply see site for details